Midnight Owl Live, the show for PC users who can handle the truth. And now, here's your host, Gene Steinberg. This week on the Tech Night Owl Live, we'll be featuring Bob Dr. Maclevitis. He'll be talking about the problems at Microsoft and OS X Mountain Lion. We'll have commentaries on Apple's sandboxing feature for the Mac App Store with Ted Landau. Then we'll hear from Jim Galbraith, the lab director of Macworld Magazine. This and more this week on the Tech Night Owl Live. Just a reminder, this episode is brought to you by Friendly Integration, the makers of the Eyeballs line of unique iPad cases and accessories. You know, Eyeballs provides ultimate drop protection for parents with young children, educators, and clumsy adults like me alike. Learn more at www.eyeballs.info. That's balls with a Z. Use the promo code TECHNIGHTHOWL. The promo code is TECHNIGHTHOWL to receive a 20% discount on your order until August 1st. We have Bob, Dr. Maclevitis, joining us this week. Actually, neighbors, he was supposed to join us last week, and something happened. You know, his tooth fell out or something, I forget. Yeah, it cracked. You know, they get old. You know, this is one of the mistakes that the creator made in giving us such imperfect teeth, you know? I mean, everybody I know has a dental problem. It could be argued that there's a reason for everything, (laughs) but I can't see a reason for cracked teeth. Stop eating wood. Yes, stop eating rocks. I don't eat rocks, though. I'm I'm very healthy. Really? We'll have to talk about your diet if we ever do a show about diets. No way. So check this out. You know, okay. uh, Mo- Mobile Me closes down, right? Right. And a lot of people have galleries with pictures, and it wasn't immediately obvious what would happen on July 1st, the day that Mobile Me shut down. So people were scrambling for a solution. I found this great site that not only was free, it had a one-button import. It would suck in your albums from Mobile Me. So if you want to be sucked in, this is the way to do it. For that free. That doesn't it, sound right. Okay, free. There's no optional extras for more storage space? Yeah, there is. There, okay. I guess there would be, but you know, for your, your Mobile Me stuff, I think for now it was entirely free. And at some point in the future, over 250 megabytes would be, you know, I don't know. They were going to charge, but... The idea was you could get your stuff over there and have galleries that matched your old mobile me galleries with one click for free. That's a very good deal. So I write a column about it and I say, you know, I looked at four services. Sure enough, that service was called Zang Zing, Z-A-N-G-Z-I-N-G, but don't write it down because like. Two days after my column ran, they sent a note to everyone saying... Saying they're going to go zing. They were shutting their doors August 31st. It was a case of timing. The unkindest cut of all. Also an on-demand printer that Adam Inks was using for Take Control Books if you wanted a hard copy version. That on-demand printer is also going out. Yes, and I'm glad you mentioned that because I really haven't written about this yet. I'm going to write about it next week. Um, I do have some feedback from the people at Zhang Zing, and uh, I'll write my next column about it. But I don't know what I'm going to do now. I mean, I I looked at all these other services, and none of them really did much for me. Um, The ones I liked would cost 
at least the same as my mobile me subscription for me to have the level of service I'd need. Um, but they have some, you know, things going for them like uh, video. This place didn't do video. So, I mean, I do have YouTube for video, so I guess it's not critical that the same place that I upload pictures also store video. But I like that, especially when I'm out at an event, because my iPhone is a good camera. So I'll shoot video of, you know, whatever I'm doing, if it's interesting, like I saw Meatloaf the other day. Not on my plate, either. I saw him in a TV show. As an actor, you know, he also is an actor. He's not just somebody who sings on the air. He was on a TV series called Fairly Legal, where I think he plays a union boss or something. Does he look like a union boss to you? He looks more like a thug, but... Well, you see, some people who don't like unions call people who lead unions union thugs. So maybe that was the tradition of this particular appearance. But yeah, that sounds like it was a lot of fun. You can't just upload stuff like that to iCloud. I'm not sure how I could distribute it quickly. I mean, making these galleries was a one-click thing. I'd get home and dump all the photos and videos, and, you know, the next morning, my friends could all see what fun they missed. So, really, Apple needs to add back all the missing features from MobileMe into iCloud, if and when they ever make it reliable. There was another email outage, what, a week or two ago? Yeah, I don't know about that. There must be some some real technical reason that they didn't want to continue the galleries, because there's no question, based on the amount of mail I received before MobileMe shut down and, and after the transition, I'd say a lot of people were caught off guard. And no matter how many times people wrote about it, I must have written three columns this year saying, you know, the end is near. Well, more people need to read your column. Well, yes, that would be great. You can read it at www.cron.com. It runs in the newspaper on Tuesday, and it usually appears on the web on Wednesdays or late Tuesday night sometimes. Okay, the other thing is also we have to see how they reviewed The Amazing Spider-Man, the reboot. Got a good review in the Austin American Statesman this morning. Okay, I got a good review by Roger Ebert. He gave it, what, four and a half out of five stars or something. Four thumbs up. C. I don't know how he does that. No, it's amazing how this guy does that. But getting back to mobile me, we understand that people have features like your photo gallery or like the iWeb online websites and everything that now will have to be moved elsewhere with lesser or greater degrees of success. I'm not sure what else breaks, but my cousin called and she's got a Mac running Tiger and she can't use her mobile me mail anymore. And the way Apple structured iCloud, you need what? Lion? I think Snow Leopard okay. to, to use it with mail. I don't know. I told her if she had to go visit a Genius Bar because I didn't have time to look it up for her. Apple's expanding the Genius Bars. That's what I hear. Well, I saw some pictures where they had kind of made them run perpendicular to the way they used to run and added some extra stools, and that looked like a, probably a good idea, a good way to serve more customers simultaneously. Well, think of it this way. If they get a liquor license, it could become a real Genius Bar and grill. I think that would be a horrible idea because people already spend enough time there. You know, if you gave them another excuse to, you know, hang out, the places would be even more crowded, and they're pretty crowded. Well, you know, in the auto business, a lot of car dealers now are putting in regular retail restaurants and barber shops and things like that to attract you. So you really? have, yeah, where in uh, Arizona? I don't know if that's in Arizona, but there are places oh, where okay. they have it. You- now, obviously, you have restaurants 
Or you have situations in car dealerships where maybe they'll have a luncheon buffet or something. Like oh, a local Cadillac event. dealer, yeah, London Cadillac used to have that. But, or maybe some big event, yeah. But in a case here, we're not talking about just something that's complimentary. We're talking about a retail establishment that can exist in and to itself without the car dealership. You don't need to buy the car to go in there and buy some lunch or get a haircut or something. And maybe Apple will make a deal with car dealers to put in an Apple store. You never know. That sounds very far-fetched, if you ask me. But I do think a lot of cars are now coming with iPhone or iPod dock connector interfaces so you can control them from the steering wheel. I've rented a couple cars lately that both had it, and I had a loaner car that had it. You just plug your iPhone into the USB port. And the system takes over, it can voice dial, and uh, if it has Bluetooth, it Bluetooths all sorts of stuff to the system, names of songs, and you know you can change songs on your playlists from the steering wheel. It's very slick. And our next segment with Bob Levitis, I'll ask him, which cars? This portion of the Tech Night Out Live was brought to you by Friendly Integration, the makers of the Eyeballs line of unique iPad cases and accessories. Learn more at www.eyeballs.info. That's eyeballs with a Z. Use the promo code Tech Night Owl to receive a 20% discount on your order till August 1. Bob Levitis, Dr. Mac, joining us this week. I'm Gene Steinberg. You're in the Tech Night Owl Live. <laughs> If you want to get your website online and you need reliable service, first-class service at the lowest possible price, there's only one place to go. Well, DreamHost has a special promotion with our show where they'll offer you unlimited disk space, unlimited bandwidth, one-click web apps such as WordPress, 24-7 support. You can save over $55. You want to know how? Go to DreamHost.com slash radio, DreamHost.com slash radio. Whether it's personal mail, whether it's business email, you want reliable, dependable delivery, freedom from spam, freedom from viruses. Well, Polaris Mail offers professional email hosting services for your personal or small business use. Each account uses 25 gigabytes of storage, an easy-to-use webmail interface, and full mobile sync. Sign up today for a 30-day free trial at PolarisMail.com, PolarisMail.com. Gold isn't for you? Ted Anderson, president of Midas Resources, one of the world's premier gold and precious metal investing firms. I get it. You wouldn't buy gold if you believed that the government is doing a great job, that the Fed will stop handing out trillions of dollars like bailout candy, that Social Security would be there for you. That's not what's happening. You might even pass on gold if the stimulus package wouldn't fuel inflation, or that the dollar wouldn't lose value, or that your retirement would be secure. If all looks rosy to you, then now is not the time to buy gold. For the realists, there have never been more sobering reasons to diversify with gold. Since 2001, the U.S. dollar index has tanked 30%, while gold has risen 300%. Right now, savvy investors are adding gold to their portfolios. You should, too. Find out what they know. Call us, and I'll send you 10 reasons why gold will do very well, free. 800-686-2237. 800-686-2237. That's 800-686-2237. 
Did you know that 50% of heart attacks are brought on by infections? Did you know that hospitals are breeding grounds for antibiotic-resistant bugs like MRSA? The environment is infected with parasites, and the mild winter means ticks with Lyme disease, mosquitoes with West Nile virus, and cold and flu viruses will be on the rise. Protect yourself with nature's natural antiparasitic, antiviral, antifungal, antibiotic, Allicin, the heart of garlic. Get concentrated protection with Ali-C and Ali-Ban from AffinityHealthProducts.com. One capsule of Ali-C equals 40 cloves of garlic or 100 garlic pills. With no garlic breath, Aliban has allicin in spray, liquid, and cream forms with three times more strength than leading brands and costs less. Go to AffinityHealthProducts.com, spelled A-F-F-I-N-I-T-Y, HealthProducts.com, or call 877-888-7126. That's 877-888-7126. Protect yourself with Ali-C or Aliban from AffinityHealthProducts.com. The food storage industry leader has done it again. Introducing FDG Clubs and Survival Bucks from the Freeze-Dry Guy. For over 39 years, the Freeze-Dry Guy has served various government agencies and the private sector with the finest in storable foods and emergency rations. If you've wanted to build emergency food supplies but couldn't afford it, now you can. Go to freezedryguy.com, click on products, and look for the Freeze-Dry Guy Clubs to pay as you go. Now you can build food storage without going into debt. Choose from a payment range of $95 to $450 per month. Our clubs work with everyone's budget. Plus, when you join Freeze Dry Guy Clubs, you'll get additional rewards. For example, this month, get 10% back in survival bucks on all purchases in the Freeze Dry Guy product line, plus free shipping within the lower 48 states on any order amount. Hurry, go to FreezeDryGuy.com or call 866-404-3663. That's FreezeDryGuy.com or call 866-404-3663. The Freeze Dry Guy, the best you can buy. We'd like to hear from you. If you have any thoughts or comments about the Tech Night Owl Live, please get in touch at news at technightowl.com. That's news at technightowl.com. Looking for past episodes? We've got hundreds at technightowl.com slash radio. That's technightowl.com slash radio. Or subscribe on iTunes. Bob Lefitis, Dr. Mac, joining us on the Tech Night Out Live. I'm Gene Steinberg. Before we broke, Bob was telling us that more and more car makers are adding direct iPod, iPhone connectivity, not with an adapter plug, but direct, right? Well, both of these had USB ports that knew when I plugged in an iPhone that it was an iPhone and could control its playlists and, and uh, next and previous song volume everything from the dashboard which was pretty cool well honda has that if you well, have sure the honda lot, navigation sure system it it's now. very savvy with the iphone but starting this year and in 2013 more and more car makers will also support siri you push a button on the steering wheel and you can do all the voice recognition stuff well any car with a bluetooth kit will do that now yeah, but this is direct so support for Siri. It's much more direct than just having, you know, some sort of basic Bluetooth recognition. We're talking about making it really Siri savvy. Seriously, Siri. Seriously, Siri savvy. And I and I just adore Siri. She's my favorite. Just a moment. Here we go. A wise guy answer. Let's just check. Okay. So you have a special relationship with Siri, right? Right. We do. Siri, who is Bob Levitis, Dr. Mac? 
Let me check. Let me think about that. Would you like to search the web for Siri who is Bobby Vitus, Dr. Mac? <laughs> I'm not going to say anything. I think maybe you have a copy of version 2.0. Is that the issue? And Are you talking to me or her? <laughs> I'm talking to you. You talking to me? Version 2.0? Like what? I have no idea. Okay, so Mobile Me is history. And Mobile Me is history. have to start looking for alternatives. Let's look at some other alternatives and what's going on there in the tech world. This might interest you here to some vague degree. And that is we know that Apple is fighting tooth and nail against Google. They've removed Google Maps from iOS 6. They have their own version. There are reports that Google legal team is going to work with Samsung in these patent disputes. And so we have to look at what are the alternatives to Google search. So the key alternative, of course, would be Bing. But looks like Bing is going bung in a bigger way than you might expect. And let me give you the history. Bing. Bing, bing. Here's Microsoft bought a company back in 2007 called Aquantive, which was supposed to give them the capability of online advertising to compete with Google, who bought DoubleClick, right? Didn't they just announce like a $6 billion write-down they due to that little $6. purchase? $6.2 billion write-down. Okay, so here's the situation here. Microsoft wants to outsearch Google. So the company they acquire to handle online advertising isn't doing anything. According to the reports now, Microsoft's online services division is losing $500 million every quarter for the company because they're trying to build Bing. So what's going on? Let's take a look. In 2009, Bing had an 8% share of the U.S. search market. Yahoo had 20%. And Google... 65%. Now, remember, Yahoo and Microsoft have an agreement now where Bing powers Yahoo Search. So, so here we go. you can combine them. Well, I guess sort of. So here it is. In the three years since then, Bing has almost doubled its market share. This is from Yahoo Finance, by the way, speaking of being objective, because we're talking about Yahoo, to 15%, mostly at the expense of Yahoo, which has its share whittled down to 13%. So two years ago, rather three years ago, Google's market share of search is 65%. Today, it's 67%. So Microsoft is not doing very well with search. And now this drain, because of the fact that they took this big write-down, can't help them to the investment community. Oh, I don't know anything about the investment community. I'm a, I'm a vulture capitalist on the 20 and $30 scale. A vulture capitalist, huh? Yes. Okay. Well, really not, because I'm not investing in these companies. I'm just investing in the first products they build. Okay. You know, Kickstarter. I really, I really enjoy feeling like a little mini vulture capitalist helping these guys realize their dream and build little products that are cool. Well, that's the kind of vulture capitalism that doesn't cause people to lose jobs. That's correct. So, therefore, you are a venture capitalist. They're all vultures. <laughs> goes that. Okay, so Microsoft is evidently not having a good time except for the Xbox, and they spent billions before the Xbox became profitable. And because they spent billions, it'll be years and years before the losses 
of the Xbox and the profits kind of equalize each other. Wait, wait. I think maybe the Xbox um, might be dead and not even know it yet. And the PlayStation 3. I mean, I don't think one is going to kill the other. I think maybe the age of the $300 dedicated console on your TV may be drawing to a close. Maybe. Well, now, It's not going to we- go away overnight, but at some point, there's got to be a new generation of both platforms. And at that point, people may say, you know... Uh, there's other things I can use to do this that are just as much fun and won't cost another 300 bucks plus all new games. That's my kind of bleak view of the future for the console gaming industry. Sorry to say it, guys. You're, you're toast. You just don't know it yet. So Apple's going to take it over with the iPad? No, I don't think Apple's going to take it over. I think that your smart TVs, I think that your uh, hyper-fast cable networks with new services, uh, I think your iPads, uh, your laptops, your desktops, uh, I just think that there are a lot of ways for people to get their kicks. And that, you know, at some point, they're going to look at adding another dedicated device and $60 a pop games and say, you know, maybe that's not the wisest allocation of my entertainment dollar. Let's look at the other issue with Microsoft. Now, they just announced that the upgrade to Windows 8 for existing PC owners, going back to Windows XP if you have the proper hardware, is going to be 40 bucks. And if you want a physical DVD, it's going to be, what, $70. Now, why did they do this? Well, because Apple is selling the Mountain Lion upgrade for $19.99. I heard that Apple, in response to Microsoft's low pricing, was now going to pay you $19 to install Mountain Lion. (laughs) It's only a rumor, but I did hear that. Well, Microsoft, of course, earns all its money from software licensing. So what they're basically doing, though, is giving the end user about the same price as, say, an OEM would pay, right? Yeah, and didn't I hear somewhere that Microsoft is building a tablet? We'll get into all those questions and answers. Isn't it called Dr. Macrovitis? Coming up next on the Tech Night Out Live. Are you tired of searching for great talk radio? Something more important. Search no more. We are the GCN Radio Network. Graphic Converter is the image manipulation tool for the rest of us. It does not use any database. You get full control of all your files. Want to view the images of a folder? Drag it into Graphic Converter, and a powerful browser opens up to show your image files. You could use it for slideshows. You could use it to import images from digital cameras or from scanners. Need to do some image editing? You can do that, too, in Graphic Converter. Also, print catalogs convert from so many formats i can't even list them download now to see if graphic converter is good for you like one and a half million other users guess what you could save money when you buy graphic converter use the coupon code night owl use the coupon code night owl to get a special price for graphic converter go to lemkesoft.com that's l-e-m-k-e soft.com lemkesoft.com l-e-m-k-e soft.com 
so you don't want to carry a gun, but you do want to ensure your personal safety, then empower yourself legally with self-defense products from StunGunMikes.com. Stun guns come in more shapes than just what you see on TV. Now you can get a powerful mini stun gun that fits in the palm of your hand, a stun baton, or a cell phone or lipstick stun gun. StunGunMikes.com also carries real spy gear like bug and metal detectors and discreet car and home security cameras that hide in almost any type of everyday object, from alarm clocks to pens. Now you can see how your babysitter really treats your children. Go to StunGunMikes.com, spelled just like it sounds. StunGunMikes.com Buy real spy gear from StunGunMikes.com just like the exact same spy gear sold to the government, military, corporate security, law enforcement, and private detectives. Empower yourself with self-defense products now from StunGunMikes.com Iodine protection packs from HempUSA.org are now in stock for immediate delivery worldwide. Our iodine protection packs include micro plant powder, green life kelp, red palm oil, and our clear roll-on iodine that will feed the body the iodine it needs. All iodine protection packs are in stock, save you money, and ship for free in all 50 states. Visit HempUSA.org or call 908-691-2608 today. HempUSA.org has a revolutionary wonder food for detoxing the body and rebuilding the immune system. Microplant powder can help unclog arteries and soften heart valves while removing heavy metals, virus, fungus, bacteria, and parasites. Plus, it cleans and purifies the blood, lungs, stomach, and colon. Keep your body clean with microplant powder. Visit us at HempUSA.org or call 908-691-2608 today. Introducing a Diabetes Breakthrough, an easy, natural, organic way to bring relief to diabetics. Introducing MDS Forte, a concentrated super strength extract formulated for those who are looking for relief. What can MDS Forte do for you? MDS Forte reduces glucose levels safely and effectively, reduces cholesterol and triglyceride levels, increases HDL or good cholesterol while reducing LDL or bad cholesterol. MDS Forte reduces A1C, improves eyesight and circulation to the limbs, and helps with weight loss. Is non-toxic, caffeine-free, 100% natural, 100% organic, and comes with a 100% money-back guarantee. Waiting for the side effects disclaimers? With MDS Forte, there are none. Order a 25-day treatment of MDS Forte by calling 213-405-5355. 213-405-5355. Or visit bestbloodsupport.com. That's bestbloodsupport.com for MDS Forte, a diabetes breakthrough. You're listening to the Tech Night Owl live with Gene Steinberg. You never know what's going to happen next. We have Bob, Dr. Maclevitis. The Smurf, what's it called? The Smurfus? Oh, the Smurfus. He's talking about the Smurfus, better known as the Surface from Microsoft. Get a load of this, Bob. So they invite the media to a special event. Oh, I read all about this event. Okay, so they invite the media to the special event. Not a lot of touching going on, I heard. (laughs) Not very much touching at all. It's look, but don't touch. If you touch, it's very quick. Okay, it's like a tease. So, for example, just to show you, Microsoft wants to outdo Apple. They don't tell you the location of the event in Los Angeles until the morning of. All right? They have the event. They have... 
prototypes there, but the media is barely allowed to touch them. In fact, somebody wanted to test this cover, which has the interior keyboard, the inside cover keyboard, and he starts to type, the quick brown fox jumps over the lazy fox or dog or whatever, and guess what? They wouldn't let him do that. Of course not. That could, that could be bad. Yeah, like you wonder, is that a functioning prototype? <laughs> um, probably not. Oh, well, yeah, it's functioning. But it, from what I've read, it sounds like what they had there was uh, a, a very fragile build of their, their I don't know, operating system and, and uh, apps. I think that it was just really rough and couldn't withstand much pounding. That's what it sounded like to me. That's my uh, analysis. Having okay, let's look at another analysis, coverage. Bob. All right, let's another look at Another analysis. The analysis being that the Surface is supposed to ship with... Did they say? They say when? it's supposed to ship with Windows 8, which would be there for this fall, the RT version on ARM processors, right? Right. And the Intel version three months later. Now, in order to get a product to ship like October of this year, assuming that Windows 8 ships in October, they would have to commit to manufacturing almost immediately. They'd have to have the production lines gearing up for full production by August or early September. They'd have to have a near final version of the OS. If they did, they'd let you play with it. I mean... The iPads shown several months before the first iPad came out to journalists were a lot more functional than the Surface. And they didn't grab it out of your hands after 10 seconds. This is generally true um, of the Apple events I've been to where they introduced something like this. Uh, most of the time they had, after the main presentation, uh, uh, an area set aside where we, the the press uh, could go and touch the things and look at them and take photographs up close and personal. And uh, Usually, you're allowed to touch. Not always, though. I can remember not touching. Right, but, but I, here's a case where Microsoft needs to establish credibility. Well, yes. In this case, I, I think that having something in such a fragile state and announcing uh, even, even a tentative shipping schedule is craziness, craziness. Nobody's gotten it right yet, no matter how long they've tried. And these guys, you know, well, good luck to them. They also uh, opened some Microsoft stores. There's one that opened right like a block away from the Apple store here in the domain. Okay, so <laughs> let me look at this idea. now. All right, Microsoft doesn't make PCs. They sell operating systems. They make mice, keyboards, Xbox. They used to have a Zoom music player. Maybe they'll sell the Surface if it ever comes out. So you go to a Microsoft store. What do you buy? Microsoft. <laughs> no, I don't know. Uh, I actually have that on my to-do list. I want to go. My wife went, and she said it reminded her of the Sony-style store in that she walked in, and there was nobody there except the sales staff. And the Sony Style Store went, went out of business or moved somewhere else, but it's not in the domain anymore across from the Apple Store. It's kind of funny. You could usually fire a cannon through there and not hit anybody. Well, the problem with the Microsoft Store is that Microsoft doesn't sell 
loads of consumer products for the end user. That's not their DNA. The Surface, if it exists at all, would probably have been just a warning to OEMs, develop something that looks interesting in an ARM-based tablet or will do it. Now there's a report that HP will not even bother. So that's certainly going to help them. I'm trying to see what they sell. Okay, what can you buy at a Microsoft store? I assume you can buy a PC there. Maybe they make arrangements with a few manufacturers to sell PCs there. I assume Personal that. training. Okay. So you can go there and get a workout, I guess. Um, okay, so I, personal can, shopping. I can build my abs, so can, as they say. I want to take care of my abs. I go to the Microsoft store. Your abs and your glutes, personal training, and then it also they offer personal shopping so that you can be wardrobed appropriately with your newly sculpted, personally trained body. Are we talking about Gold's Gym or are we talking about Microsoft Store? I don't know. Personal training, personal shopping. I wonder what else they do. What do they sell, though? You know, this is funny. There's all sorts of stuff to click on the page, but nothing that says, see what we sell in the store. (laughs) Check our inventory. Oh, yeah. We have a copy of Windows. I don't want that. Of course, I, they'll sell a lot of copies of Windows 7 after Windows 8 comes out. Oh, boy. Jump into the Xbox experience for only $99 with a two-year contract for fourteen ninety nine a month. What is that, with the carrier contract data? They sell that. No, that's a uh, Xbox Live contract. Okay, so it's like a data contract. Yeah, except it's with Microsoft. All right. So that you can play against your friends and stuff. Yeah. I really want, want to play that. against my friends on Microsoft hardware. Oh, here, here's a coupon. Buy a Windows 7 PC and get a Windows 8 Pro for $15, $14.99. Yeah, but that's nothing special. That's what they've already announced. And at least Apple, if you buy a Mac today or after, what, June 11th, and it has Lion on it because Mountain Lion hasn't shipped in one for a couple of three weeks or something. How do you, you know? You, I have a suspicion. You get oh, a copy, yeah, whatever, no whatever it is, you get a copy of Lion, the upgrade to Mountain Lion. You get a copy of Mountain Lion. You can download it free of charge, not fourteen ninety nine free of charge. But I think yes. here what's going on is Microsoft earns the lion's share of their income. <laughs> yeah, from. Operating systems. So now they've cut the price of the upgrade to Windows 8. They're basically selling it for what? About a third of what they used to sell it for? So if that's the case, they're putting a lot of money on the table they're giving up. Well, I, I believe that they're facing the new reality. And that new reality is that people are installing Windows all the way back to XP on their Macs. And not buying PCs anymore. <laughs> so, you know, if they want to uh, progress, I don't think they can sell $179 operating system upgrades anymore. Well, Since the other guy, which is Apple, is selling the next uh, upgrade for a mere 20 bucks. Also, it's not as if the reception to Windows 8 has been all that great. I mean, we had somebody here who tends to prefer the Windows platform in some ways or argues in favor of them. He called Windows 8 like a bad blind date. Okay. I, I, have, no, 
I, I, you know, I don't do Windows. I really have no um, nothing to offer on Windows 8. I don't think I've ever used it. I'm very fortunate that way. Most of my life, I haven't had to even touch Windows machines. And for me, that's been a blessing, you know. In the case of Windows 8, it's the kind of thing you play with it for five minutes. You wonder, why are you bothering? Because not everything is obvious. I mean, it has a lot of features, but they're not obvious in front and center. You have to kind of guess or look at documentation or something or other. So you play with Windows 8 for a while, very short while, and you say, why am I doing this? And you go back to doing whatever you were doing before. But I'll tell you what we're doing now. We're talking to Bob, Dr. Maclevitis. I'm Gene Steinberg. You're in the Tech Night Out Live. The GCN Radio Network, providing the world with hard-hitting talk radio. GCN. Great talk radio starts here. Ray Perkins, a reclusive veteran burned out from the Gulf War, lives tortured by relentless, perplexing nightmares. Nightmares of a horrific battle in deep space and of a mysterious woman suffering in agony for her devastated world. A woman not yet born, calling across centuries to him. Then, a coincidence leads him to his destiny, his chance to alter the universe. Attack of the Rockoids. The former fiction editor for Star Wars and Indiana Jones, Robert Simpson, writes, The soul of the novel Attack of the Rockoids lies in its heart and passion for building a convincing tale of a love that spans a galaxy. A thrilling story. Attack of the Rockoids is available now. Read a sample chapter and get a special discount off of the cover price at our website, rockoids.com. That's R-O-C-K-O-I-D-S dot com. Attack of the Rockoids, a novel in the grand science fiction tradition. (laughs) Are you still a traditional smoker? Now experience a new lifestyle and try vaping with e-cigarettes by LeSig. Imagine no ashes, stains, nasty smell, or coughing and hacking. With LeSig e-cigarettes revolutionary microelectronic technology, rechargeable battery, and unique replaceable cartridge, you'll get all the benefits and satisfaction of smoking without the hazards. Choose your taste from a wide variety of our new American-made vaporeate e-liquids at LeSig.com. And LeSig smokes the competition by serving thousands of worldwide customers with real people customer service fast free same day shipping and a 30 day warranty and satisfaction guarantee so are you ready for a new vaping lifestyle then call 870-518-4307 that's 870-518-4307 or visit lesig.com spelled l-e-c-i-g.com lesig e-cigarettes for today's modern smoker Hello? Congratulations. For what? For losing all that weight. How'd you do it so fast? ASAP. ASAP what? What's that mean? Are you ready to get as skinny as possible, as soon as possible, as simple as possible, and as sexy as possible? I'm listening. Then get with the ASAP program. It's real and it works. No smooth talk, no slick advertising, and no exaggerated claims of success. I've got to know more. Welcome to ASAP, as slim as possible. Whether you have 10, 20, or 50 pounds to lose, ASAP 
is your weight loss answer. ASAP targets the abnormal fat reserves and makes them available to be burned as fuel and contains no caffeine or hormones. Order ASAP at wholesale prices or join the team to share the business with others. Visit GCNteam.com or call 877-878-4203. GCNteam.com or call 877-878-4203. Lose weight and look great with ASAP, as slim as possible. Now at DeseretFoodStore.com, sign up for a one-month supply of delicious food for only $99 with free shipping. That's right, only $99. Gourmet restaurant-style meals with a 30-year shelf life. Packaged in heavy-duty Mylar bags for easy transport and freshness. Meals like stroganoff, lasagna, teriyaki, five-bean chili, granola pancakes, and much more. Visit DeseretFoodStore.com, spelled D-E-S-E-R-E-T, FoodStore.com, or call 801-444-1444. Food for now, food for life. Hi, this is Ted Anderson. Have you ever wondered why banks, stockbrokers, investment advisors won't talk about gold IRAs? They've been available since 1986, yet the financial industry won't recognize the value of gold for your retirement. Gold has outperformed paper investments, yet no word about IRAs. If you would like to have gold for your retirement, call 800-686-2237. Don't get left behind by rising inflation and low returns. Call 800-686-2237. Secure your future and call 1-800-686-2237. You're listening to the Tech Night Owl Live with Gene Steinberg. You never know what's going to happen next. Bob Dr. Maclevitis joining us. I'm Gene Steinberg. You're in the Tech Night Owl Live. So you're writing a book, of course, which would be the Mac OS X Mountain Lion version for dummies? Yes. I could tell you more, but then I'd have to kill you. Because, you know, it's not out yet. I can only basically tell you what's on the web page there. I understand. Okay. You can tell me anything that's on the web page, but that's almost everything. Yeah, I, I guess. Uh, I can say that there's a bunch of stuff I like and a couple of things that are still lame. What is still lame about Mountain Lion? I don't know. I think Launchpad is pretty lame. I I guess if you don't have very many apps and you really like the i-interface, it's an okay way to launch your apps, but uh, it doesn't really seem to bring anything to the party that the dock doesn't handle pretty well for the stuff you use often. And it just seems kind of, I don't know, tacked on and not well thought out you know what i mean well launchpad is a little easier to use i think they now make it possible to search through apps but i agree with you i have no use for it i don't run it but then i didn't use launcher in the mac OS days a lot of people not a lot of people did okay and i'm telling you that based on kind of the volume of mail we used to get at mac users help folder the very hard part of it also is the fact that Apple has not done well with application launchers. I don't know. The dock seems to have uh, matured under Mac OS X into something that, at least on a large screen, uh, is, is, I think, pretty useful. You know, it's got almost everything I want at my fingertips, and it's small enough to stay out of the way, and I can hide it if I need to. It's kind of nice. Yes, that, yes. And the- it's a mini-max approach. Right. The dock... 
came out in the first version of Mac OS X, and people said, what was this? Well, it was kind of, kind of, um, it, it was young and, and uh, immature. And so I think it was easy to look at it and go, oh, I don't know about that. But over time, it, it's become, you know, I think uh, really, really functional and useful. And even on a laptop, uh, probably the best place for stuff you use frequently. Well, I know the big thing about the dock is even though they've made some changes to refine it a little bit over the years, the look is refined, that kind of thing, and the artwork tends to be prettier. But the basic settings of the dock are almost unchanged. If you go to the dock preference pane, I'd say that all but one or two preferences is exactly what it was in 10.1. Yes, but what's different is things like the views that you have when you click on uh, dock icons. They are much more functional now than they used to be. You can do more by clicking or right-clicking them than in, in OS has gone by. Oh, yeah. That right-click option gives you a few extra things that are useful. And so we like that. And it's not complicated. I mean, that's the problem that Microsoft has. Microsoft doesn't grok simple. Microsoft can only well, it, think of complexity, saying, we have all these great features, but they're hardly discoverable. They're really difficult to get to. And you basically have to have like a cheat sheet next to you to remember them all. Okay, Launchpad. Launchpad, I don't dig either. What else about Mountain Lion doesn't light your fire? Um, that was the big one for me. I mean, that was the, the only thing that I found really not to my liking very much however uh i do there's a couple things i do really like i like uh the whole reminders metaphor and the the uh notification center you know that's carried over sometimes i think that launchpad is apple going too far with the let's bring the mac os metaphor and the ios metaphor closer together um but in the case of things like the reminders and the notification center, uh, I think that, you know, it makes real sense for them to be similar on the Mac and on your iDevice. And I think that having them sync automatically in both places seamlessly makes them really, you know, just improves their usefulness and the usefulness of having Apple synergy, if you will. You know, having a Mac and an iDevice or a 3, as so many of us do. Okay. So in that sense, you like it. Now, despite the complaints about the iOSification of the Mac OS, actually, it's just a few apps that are renamed or somewhat redesigned. But all in all, you could go to Mountain Lion from Mac OS 10.0 or even Mac OS seven and see things looking different but the basic functionality is very similar you think i think okay i'll buy that i guess no you see the point like for example microsoft in contrast they threw away the menu bar except as an option and give you a ribbon 
So you have a menu bar and a ribbon. Of course, you have to figure out these stupid-looking icons. Which- oh, I taught, I taught a class when that was the current Windows, and I had to teach it in the Windows PC lab. So I learned all about the ribbon, and it was a Microsoft Office class. So I had to teach about the ribbon to the Windows users and then about the tool, whatever it is on the Mac, to the Mac users on PCs. It was really fun. But don't you agree with me that they changed something for no reason? Why did we have to have a ribbon? We've had toolbars, by the way, in applications for years. So well, why mistake, does the ribbon no, become mistake, so distinctly I'll, different? I'll tell you why. Their mistake was making the ribbon, at first, uh, non-negotiable. When, the, when it first came out, you didn't have the choice of saying, no, nah, you know what, I'd like to go back to the old menu-based approach. And, and later on, you did. So, you know, I think that uh, made it a lot more tolerable. Sure, you can get rid of it. But I'm saying is the concept of it, Microsoft wants to present the ribbon as something unique, saying it's a context-sensitive toolbar. You know, the function you're using, the toolbar changes. Well, remember WordPress for the Mac back in the early 90s? It had a context-sensitive toolbar. We didn't care. It was just too big. Uh, I just remember teaching the students and having them say, I have the previous version where everything is in the menus like the Mac version. Why would they take away the menus? And, well, uh, I don't know, you know. <laughs> I can't explain that. It was forced on you. You had to, you know, work with this thing. And then, then it, it got to be less either or they kind of put the menus back i think later in its life but it was lame to say you must i mean nobody ever said you had to do anything with your dock and i meet lots of mac users whose dock looks like day one with mac os 10 you know it's got the uh, 12 apple icons in it and that's it and i meet other people where the dock is so small you've got 300 apps on it and you need a microscope or a loop or something to see the icons. Well, that's what that magnification feature is about, you know, for people whose eyes are old and their icons are small. That way, when you mouse over them, they pop up really big and scream their name. Okay. Your eyes are old and your icons are small. That's like a song lyric, isn't it? Yes, that's from uh, my album, Smell the Glove 13. Okay. Which will be out, uh, I think, next Purim. I hear about that. But, you know, our listeners are saying, what's Purim? Purim is a Jewish holiday. It's the one where you're supposed to get so drunk you can't tell Esther from Haman. Okay, well, this society now, it doesn't matter as much as it used to. You know, our city's motto is keep Austin weird. Sometimes in Austin, you just wouldn't know if it was Esther or Haman. Well, there you go. Or a combination, which is even, you know, more intriguing. Any case, I don't know where we started this. We're talking about Mountain Lion, which will be out soon. I mean, when When? listeners hear this show, it's going to be July 7th. It will not be out July 7th. Because we haven't heard any word about the thing going Golden Master yet, which is the version that's approved by Apple before it is made available for download. Usually they'll do that like a week or two to give it time to test to make sure that your computer is not smoking. Yeah. 
We have Bob Levitis, Dr. Mack, he's called, and we'll talk for a couple of more segments about Mountain Lion and other stuff on the Tech Night Out Live. America's number one source for independent talk radio for over a decade. We are the GCN Radio Network. Hi, Ted Anderson announcing a great way to listen to radio on the telephone. By calling 760-569-7700, you'll be hearing GCNlive.com programs in seconds. Come to GCNlive.com, find your favorite host's dedicated phone number, and hear them 24-7. You heard me right, every show has a dedicated phone number. Stop by GCNlive.com and bookmark their number today. And again, that's 760-569-7700. Hi, this is Ted Anderson. Have you ever wondered why banks, stockbrokers, investment advisors won't talk about gold IRAs? They've been available since 1986, yet the financial industry won't recognize the value of gold for your retirement. Gold has outperformed paper investments, yet no word about IRAs. If you would like to have gold for your retirement, call 800-686-2237. Don't get left behind by rising inflation and low returns. Call 800-686-2237. Secure your future and call 1-800-686-2237. Don't throw away leftovers. Instead, throw all your leftovers, vegetable peels, eggshells, coffee grounds, pizza crusts, and more into the Bokashi. If you love to garden and compost but don't like the hassle of turning a compost bin or the smell, then check out the EM Bokashi Food Waste Recycling System from Terraganics. Finally, a way to recycle all your food and plant waste safely and effectively and stop using fertilizers. The EM Bokashi Food Waste Recycling System. Rather than decomposition, the Bokashi system uses fermentation to break down waste, so it takes less time to create nutrients dense humus for crops or gardens with no turning and no obnoxious odors. To learn more and order your Bokashi online, visit Terraganics.com and click on the orange button. That's Terraganics.com, spelled T-E-R-A-G-A-N-I-X.com, or call 866-369-3678. That's 866-369-3678. Recycle all your food wastes in about six weeks with the Bokashi Food Waste Recycling System from Terraganics.com. Terraganics, life's getting better. Welcome back to the Tech Night Owl Live, where you never know what's going to happen next. And now, here's Gene Steinberg. We have Bob Levitas, Dr. Mac, and he's written a book, Mac OS X Mountain Lion for Dummies. Is that the way it's named? I believe so. I haven't seen, I haven't seen a copy yet. Okay. <laughs> But they asked you to cut it down. It was too long. Yeah, I did a little too much uh, revising, I guess. You got so wrapped up in those 200 features. Well, some of them had to be explained. <laughs> yeah, I couldn't do them all. All right, let's look at the features that you like. What do you think are the most powerful, important features that make Mountain Lion a must-have? I, I think, one. well, for me... The whole integration with my iPhone thing, you know, it's been good and now it's even better. And I really like all of the fact that my reminders are consistent. I can look to see what I'm going to be reminded of today, no matter where I am or which device is nearby. And I like that. That's working for me, you know. Having the synergy between all these devices, um, the better it gets, the more I like it. And I think uh, Mountain Lion really kind of takes it to the next step with the whole notification center kind of 
unified view of what's, you know, what's going to alert you today. I like that. Now, one of the impressions I had of Lion is that in some ways it was a little bit less baked in terms of this sort of integration, that Mountain Lion becomes the fulfillment. Yeah, I think Mountain Lion, and I think it's aptly named as, as if to say this is the sequel to Lion or this is part two. If this were the Twilight movies, this would be part two of the last thing. But there's no trilogy. It's not like The Dark Knight Rises. Well, I don't know. Um, I think they ran out of cats. Unless they're going to call the next one Bobcat, I think, um, well, also we're getting to where it won't be an X anymore. Then what? Well, then you'd have to use a different kind of animal, I guess. You know, Mac OS 11 Gorilla? Weasel. (laughs) That's a Microsoft name. Yeah, that was. (laughs) I think they did use that as a code name once. As opposed to Bob. Bob was a code. Bob was an actual product. From yes, it Microsoft. was, but it wasn't a good was product. It didn't, it didn't honor your name very well. Assistant. It was an intelligent assistant, but didn't honor but your Clippy, name very well. Yeah, not only did it not honor my name as well, it wasn't even as intelligent as Clippy, <laughs> the paper clip that everyone hates. Right, that's kind of like your help menu or help advisor, Clippy. And it's because when you buy a Microsoft product, it's like a clip job. Bum, bum. Well, Clippy can be very annoying. Very annoying. I think a lot of people turned Clippy off and forgot about him. Yes, in my, in my Microsoft Office books, I would say, you can turn Clippy off. Here's how. You'll need to know this soon. <laughs> I want to tell our listeners something here. Skype, which is what we use for our networking, is owned by Microsoft now. They bought it for, what, $8.9 billion? For heaven's sake, I have no idea why or how that's going to return some kind of revenues to Microsoft. But we started ragging for the last couple of segments on Microsoft more than ever, and soon the reception on Skype became awful. Do you see a reason why? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Uh, What happened here was Bill Gates flicked the switch in Redmond, Washington. Well, there you go. That's what happened. Bill Gates and Steve Ballmer. They, All right, they, and, and, and there's a video of him dancing about it. Well, I hate to see that guy dancing. Either of them dance. You know, it's they're standing as- there. They're standing there in their evil, evil villain control room in Redmond, Washington, dancing and pointing at the screen, going, "Look, we can screw up their Skype connection." <laughs> I'll tell you something. That's as bizarre as watching me dance. If you ever watch me dance, you'll see how bizarre bizarre can be. Well, um, if any of your listeners care to see Balmer dance, all they have to do is uh, use that, that Google thing and search for Balmer and dance. And uh, I'm sure they'll find lots of video. He's danced more than once. Oh. And it's always fun. Return with us now to Mountain Lion. What other okay. features do you think our listeners would appreciate that maybe they didn't have on their radar? Well, I think there's one that some users will appreciate more than others, <laughs> if you will, and that's the new security features. I think that um, while I think what Apple's trying to do is admirable, and that is to make your Mac safer uh, from malicious content, I think those are those are good intentions, 
and I don't think that the new security stuff that's built in is gonna is gonna hurt. Um, I think most people will be okay with it, and I think it will be safer. But that remains to be seen. You know, describe the new features. Well, the biggest one is this. Uh, oh, let me get its name right. Um, Gatekeeper. Gatekeeper. There you go. Yes. Which. Uh, lets you choose a level of protection from rogue applications or rogue anything. Um, it's fully explained in the book. And, and the truth is, I really don't know how it's going to turn out. Um, I have, I've had a good experience with it so far. It hasn't really cut into my style. But I probably haven't pushed it very far while I was working on the book. In other words, I haven't opened any weird stuff. I haven't installed any new stuff. That's all stuff that's forbidden when you're in mid-book. Now, one of the things you should bear in mind with Gatekeeper, you get three options over how your apps will launch for the first time. One is only the apps you get from the Mac App Store. The second is... Apps from the Mac App Store plus those from developers who have embedded the software with a security certificate. And the third is anything. Now, with the first two, you can bypass it. You can right-click on the app's icon, select Open, and guess what? Now you can open any app you want. So it's easy to defeat and only works for the first launch. After that, it's out of the picture. Seems to, you know, seems to be working smoothly to me, and I think um, this probably will make it so that if there's an outbreak of something bad, and, and you know, there has been, in the, in the recent past, we've seen a couple of uh, outbreaks of uh, malicious, I, I don't know, you know, I, I hesitate to say viruses, but malware. And so, you know, having... Having Apple tighten the, the reins a little bit and make it harder to hurt someone's Mac uh, by loading uh, uh, an app or something malicious on it, I think that's good. And I think that uh, Apple probably is a smart enough company to have figured out how to do it without causing major problems for most users, which is to say it's going to be good for the most part for most people, I think. But, you know, we really won't know till we see it in, installed on millions of, of systems and see how people are, uh, you know, how it's getting along with them. The main criticism you see, for example, Bob, is the fact that developers and analysts may feel Apple is pushing more and more people to get all their software from the Mac App Store. And that's fine probably for 98% of the software out there that ultimately will be available. But that little 2%, the specialty utilities to do things like clone backups and capturing audio from other applications, they are going to present problems. They can get credentials. They just can't be in the App Store. You're talking about apps that uh, violate some rule of the App Store. Yes, we understand that. They can get a security certificate, which makes them safe and is the default setting. Right. They will be identified and certified by Apple, but they can never be in the Mac App Store. And I but guess the fine. fear is they from some. Never, the, yeah, we understand that. The fear is from some people that people who are new to the Mac, especially coming from the iOS platform, 
will look at the Mac App Store and think it's got to be there or it does not exist. But Bob Levitas, Dr. Mac, exists because he's on the Tech Night Out Live. Now, a little bit later in the show, we'll be featuring Ted Landau, who writes for the Mac Observer and Mac World magazine, and also Jim Galbraith. He's the lab director of Mac World. We'll talk about his test results of all the latest Mac notebooks. Ray Perkins, a reclusive veteran burned out from the Gulf War, lives tortured by relentless, perplexing nightmares. Nightmares of a horrific battle in deep space and of a mysterious woman suffering in agony for her devastated world. A woman not yet born, calling across centuries to him. Then, a coincidence leads him to his destiny, his chance to alter the universe. Attack! Attack! Of the Rockoids. The former fiction editor for Star Wars and Indiana Jones, Robert Simpson, writes, The soul of the novel Attack of the Rockoids lies in its heart and passion for building a convincing tale of a love that spans a galaxy. A thrilling story. Attack of the Rockoids is available now. Read a sample chapter and get a special discount off of the cover price at our website, rockoids.com. That's R-O-C-K-O-I-D-S dot com. Attack! of the Rockaway, a novel in the grand science fiction tradition. Good day, Jim Newcomer from Midas Resources, July 6th, 2012. Gold opened this morning at 1596.60. A one-ounce gold coin can be purchased for 1636.69, 8.1835 for a half ounce, or 409.17 for a quarter ounce. That's 1636.69, 8.1835, and 409.17. Hi, this is Ted Anderson. Have you ever wondered why banks, stockbrokers, investment advisors won't talk about gold IRAs? Wait a sec. Gold and silver is going up while Congress is trying to settle on the next debt increase. And there's no end to this madness. That old 401k and IRA can be converted into physical gold without tax consequences. I explain this in my book, 10 Reasons to Buy Gold. Don't let time slip away. Call for your free copy today, 800-686-2237. Get away from that Washington spin and get honest answers about gold. 800-686-2237. The book is free, 800-686-2237. Would it save you time to get the best quality water filters and the best quality storable foods from one company? You bet it would, and now you can at BigBerkeyWaterFilters.com. Big Berkey water filter products and great-tasting, long-lasting, storable, wise foods are both now available on one website, BigBerkeyWaterFilters.com. Wise foods, ready-to-eat meals are packed in airtight nitrogen pouches and come with a 25-year shelf life. Big Berkey water filters are powerful enough to purify treated, untreated, or even stagnant pond water. Combine Berkey water filters with wise foods for an unbeatable preparedness combination. Get free shipping on every order over $50. And GCN listeners receive 5% off all ceramic filter systems. Visit Big B-E-R-K-E-Y waterfilters.com or call 877-99-BERKEY. That's 877-99-B-E-R-K-E-Y or go to BigBerkeyWaterFilters.com. All whey protein powders are not created equal. Fresh liquid whey has been used for hundreds of years to restore health to the sick and youth to the aging. Why is it that no one reports these benefits from today's whey protein powders? It is because they are all processed with heat or chemicals which damages them, making them a burden for your body and making it more likely to cause allergies. One World Whey's True Cool process retains all the powerful properties of fresh raw whey in a concentrated powder. One World Whey is speeding up the body's ability to get healthy and it is replacing the need for many other supplements. 
To learn how One World Way may help you with fat loss, the elimination of inflammation and pain, detoxification of heavy metals, intestinal health, brain function, and increases in strength, energy, and muscle size, call 888-988-3325. Mention coupon code KNOCKOUT and you'll receive a free tube of knockout pain cream with your order, which eliminates soft tissue pain in 10 minutes for 90% of users. Call 888-988-3325 or visit OneWorldWay.com. That's OneWorldWhey.com. Welcome back to Tech Night Out Live, where you never know what's going to happen next. And now, it's Uncle Gene. Yeah, it's him. Bob, Dr. McLevitis joining us. I'm Gene Steinberg. You're in the Tech Night Out Live. And we started off talking about Microsoft and their problems. Now we're focusing on Mountain Lion, which certainly has a lot of promise. 200 new features. I'll tell you one that I have found really fun. Sure. AirPlay mirroring, which works the same way as it does with your iPhone 4S or your uh, iPad second, third generation. You, if you're in the room with your big screen TV and your Apple TV, you can just select the menu item and say, show this on the big screen TV, please. And whatever's on your either MacBook or iPhone or iPad screen pops up on your D-inch HD TV wirelessly while you're sitting on the couch. So that is a sweet deal. Again, the integration. Here's part of the thing to Apple's suck-in factor, which is that once you get used to these features working across your iPhone your iPod Touch or your iPad or your Mac, you go to another platform, you don't have the feature anymore. You're used to this feature, and that's how Apple keeps you within the family. They renamed a bunch of stuff. iCal, rest in peace, iCal, we loved you, kind of. But that's now called Calendar. And the uh, address book, which is you know had the little A on it for as long as you can remember, is now called Tact. Um, and that, that makes sense. This stuff now is consistent across the platforms. Where your contacts are always lives in an app called Contacts. It's not address book here and contacts there. It's contacts. How about dictation? That's a great feature. Now, that's of, an interesting of, thing. Uh, I want to ask you about your experience with that. Now, we all are used to these dictation apps you used to buy for a Mac. And you'd have to get the special headphones. And you had to spend an hour training the app to work. If you want to dictate continuous dictation of, of English language and you want to dictate your novel or something, this is not going to work for you. You'll need to do all those things. Train a dragon is what it, what it amounts to. However, for real quick stuff like you know, composing email responses, it's really good. And now with the Messages app, which is going to replace iChat, you can reply to text messages from your Mac which is awesome. Well, iMessages, let's say, not text It doesn't messages, support SMS. But no, but it does support iMessage. So all of your friends with iPhones and stuff, their messages will pop up on your Mac as well as your iPhone or iPod or iPad. So you can't and get I a like PC, that. you got to get a Mac. Well, yes, that's true. And not only that, I'll give you one more. Uh, you're going to lose your stickies, but they... Uh, they will be replaced by a more powerful app called Notes, which maybe is reminiscent of an uh, app that we have in iOS called Notes, and it will sync automatically with all your other things. That's kind of a good thing. Stickies didn't really sync much. 
Well, that's the problem, the sinking. I know a lot of people, or a few people anyway, who still use stickies. Well, they'll have the data. I mean, it'll come, it'll come up in notes. That it's just a different metaphor for keeping the stuff. It, it's going to be, for some people who really organize their screen a certain way with stickies, it's going to be a little bit of an issue. But I don't think, in the end, most people will be unhappy with this. I think that, you know, if you use stickies, you'll learn to use notes and you'll be okay. You won't get stuck up. Reminders. Really love reminders on my iPhone and iPad. Uh, like it even better that they're now the same and available and I edit them on my Mac or create them. Really like location-based ones. I like to say, remind me of this when I get home, when I'm out and about on my iPhone. I have Siri remind me of something when I get home. Um, and I really like having it remind me of something when I leave home. So that's things like, don't forget to stop at the grocery store and get milk. So when I pull out of my house, Siri knows. She's so smart. She knows we're going for a ride in the car. She's even smarter than my dog. Um, Your dog is being insulted. The ASPCA is going to come to the home of Bob Levitas, the palatial estate in <laughs> Austin, Texas, and I won't give you the address. It's the, the Dr. Mac Towers. You've seen the skyline of Austin. Where the, the where tallest building. Bob Levitas the... leaps tall buildings in a single bound. You know, as he's silent about that response. I was going to say you're too kind. <laughs> I have never leapt. A, I, don't, I can't even leap a single uh, ant mound. I'm, I'm not that young. You don't do mountain climbing? Not too much. Oh, okay. Power right. nap. Mountain Lion, by the way, is sounding more and more like a really fascinating release, folks. It, it's got a lot of little stuff under the hood. If you use Facebook or Twitter, I think you'll like the new integration if you play very many games. I think Game Center might finally become useful uh, if you can play the same games on your Mac, iPhone, iPad, iPod Touch, and, and you know link the accounts so that you can play with your friends. I think that might catch on. I don't think Game Center has had... Great acceptance. I think a lot of people kind of ignore it. Um, Part of the issue here is that this may also encourage gaming software developers to bring the stuff that's in the iOS to the Mac, develop Mac versions, so therefore there are more Mac games. Well, there are already. There's lots and lots of games that um, made their made their mark in iOS that are now uh, available for the Mac, and and a lot of them are terrible ports, but still good games. You know, a lot of them are ugly and have no menus and stuff. That it's real obvious that they just converted the touch screen to a click screen. Um, but in some games, that's fine. And other games you can play in Google Chrome. Did you know that? Google Chrome's got a pretty good selection of free games that you can play. Every once in a while, when I want to kill some time, I'll do that. Um, but it's Google. Yeah, but they've got Missile Command, and they've got Fairway Solitaire, and they've got Angry Birds and Plants vs. Zombies, and Pocket Legends and Dark Legends, and even Tetris. Not bad for killing a few minutes inside your browser for free if you uh, are a casual gaming enthusiast. I am. Very, very, very casual when it comes to gaming. You know, I well, run a game to check the performance of a Mac. I might be testing for an article, and that's it. I never really got into games. I don't know go why. To the Chrome, go to the little Chrome store sure. and get some of the free games and check them out. It's pretty surprising. 
You know, they have the Chrome books now, uh, little laptops that basically run the Chrome operating system. You know, they're, they're no good if you don't have a uh, network connection. They're basically useless notebooks. They've gotten bad reviews. The sales basically stink. Yeah, no, nobody really likes them um, too much. But, but the, the idea is that, you know, you could have web-based apps that are as responsive and um, usable as desktop apps. And I think some of this gaming stuff in the web browser in Chrome shows that they're getting pretty close performance-wise because this stuff's fun to play on your Mac. I mean, it's more fun to play on your iPad because you can go do it anywhere you want. But We have to do this anywhere we want. We have to ask Bob Levitas to tell us what he has coming out that we want to check out. Well, that would be uh, Mountain Lion for Dummies coming soon to a uh, Amazon.com near you. What can I say? There's a link on my website in my little bookstore already, and you get a really good deal if you order it from there. Such a deal. From Bob Levitas, thanks for joining us on the Tech Night Out Live. Well, thanks for having me, Gene. It's been awesome. Rockin'. Are you tired of searching for great talk radio? more important search no more we are the gcn radio network whether it's personal mail whether it's business email you want reliable dependable delivery freedom from spam freedom from viruses well polaris mail offers professional email hosting services for your personal or small business use each account uses 25 gigabytes of storage an easy to use webmail interface and full mobile sync sign up today for a 30-day free trial at polarismail.com polarismail.com so here's what happened. I was placing an order online. The site went down. It just stopped responding. It took hours before it returned, but I'd already placed the order with another company. If your site goes down, you could lose business. And if you have a business or personal site, you'll want to know it's easy to run and it will stay online. At iWeb, your site is hosted on one of the most reliable networks in the world. Check it out. iWeb.com. That's iWeb.com. Digestive health is the key to wellness and elimination of toxins. That bears repeating. Digestive health is the key to wellness and elimination of toxins. And Pro-EM-1 Daily Probiotic Cleanse is the key to digestive health. Pro-EM-1 is a powerful liquid probiotic, strong enough to cleanse, gentle enough to use every day. Pro-EM-1 is dairy, wheat, and soy-free, contains all natural and certified organic ingredients, contains no preservatives or animal products, supports a healthy digestive and immune system, supports weight loss, improves absorption of food nutrients, aids in controlling yeast infections, is never freeze-dried, and uses three groups of live, viable, beneficial microbes to cleanse and remove toxins. Order Pro-EM-1 Daily Probiotic Cleanse at Terraganics.com, spelled T-E-R-A-G-A-N-I-X.com, Terraganics.com. Or call toll-free 866-369-3678. That's 866-369-3678. Pro-EM1, the raw probiotic. 
Now at DeseretFoodStore.com, sign up for a one-month supply of delicious food for only $99 with free shipping. That's right, only $99. Gourmet restaurant-style meals with a 30-year shelf life. Packaged in heavy-duty Mylar bags for easy transport and freshness. Meals like stroganoff, lasagna, teriyaki, five-bean chili, granola pancakes, and much more. Visit DeseretFoodStore.com, spelled D-E-S-E-R-E-T, FoodStore.com, or call 801-444-1444. Food for now, food for life. Hi, this is Ted Anderson. Have you ever wondered why banks, stockbrokers, investment advisors won't talk about gold IRAs? They've been available since 1986, yet the financial industry won't recognize the value of gold for your retirement. Gold has outperformed paper investments, yet no word about IRAs. If you would like to have gold for your retirement, call 800-686-2237. Don't get left behind by rising inflation and low returns. Call 800-686-2237. Secure your future and call 1-800-686-2237. If you owe money to the IRS, you can't make the problem go away by yourself. But with the help of Dan Pilla, you can get your problem solved once and for all. Hi, I'm Dan Pilla. For 30 years, I've helped thousands of people solve their tax debt problem, and I can help you solve yours, too. We take a very simple but proven three-step approach to solving your problem. First, we stabilize IRS collection actions so you don't have to worry about the IRS seizing your bank account or paycheck. Next, we build a comprehensive plan to get your tax debt reduced to the fullest extent possible, sometimes even completely eliminated. And finally, we work with you every step of the way to get your problem solved once and for all. Call us for a free consultation. Call 1-800-346-6829. We'll work together to get your problem solved guaranteed. Dan Pilla has been protecting taxpayers from the IRS for three decades, and he can help you too. Call us today at 800-346-6829. That's 800-34-NO-TAX. What's going to happen next? You never know when you're listening to the Tech Night Owl live with Gene Steinberg. We have Ted Landau. And he's joining us to talk about a lot of things a little bit later. We get into the main topic of our discussion, which is the impact of sandboxing for the Mac App Store, what it means to developers, and whether by having a Mac App Store, Apple is taking very, very strong steps to make it almost impossible for developers to survive independently. But first, I've been doing a few reports over the years that maybe you've seen or not seen, Ted, called collectively the Microsoft Death Watch. Okay, no, I haven't seen it, but sounds cool. Okay, or the Microsoft is Clueless report. Uh-huh. And now Vanity Fair has done this research piece, and there is a brief version online. It's not the full article. You have to subscribe, I guess, to get the full article. Mm-hmm. But it's called Microsoft's Lost Decade. And the headline says, Microsoft's Downfall, Inside the Executive Emails and Cannibalistic Culture that Felled a Tech Giant. So you have to think wasn't too many years ago that Microsoft was on the top of the tech world. Mm-hmm. It's still on the top when it comes to personal computer operating systems. So basically, Apple worked everywhere else to beat Microsoft at their own game or to develop some new games. So where did Microsoft go wrong? Well, I don't know. <laughs> I mean, if I had to say, I'd say the main way that they went wrong is by, and which successful companies often do, is by sticking with what had worked longer than it should, even longer than they should have, even when it stopped working. And by that, I mean Apple moved on from computers 
to iOS devices even before even before the iPhone came out. The, the iPod came out. App, uh, Microsoft could never duplicate the success of the iPod with the uh, with the Zune that they tried, and then Apple uh, built on the iPod success with the iTunes Store, which soon became a force unto itself. Uh, and then, of course, they followed that with the iPhone and the iPad and the whole tablet market that now exists because of the iPad. And M- Microsoft has nothing in those entries at all. That didn't serve them well. They thought, uh, apparently, I mean, I'm not privy to their you know, to their board means obviously, but apparently they thought that the success that they had with Windows and with the enterprise and the dominance that they have in the enterprise market was uh, was going to carry the day, or maybe they thought that their strategy of coming in second or third into a new market and then trouncing the market because they're so much bigger than everybody else, which is what they'd been able to do in the 80s and 90s a lot, um, was going to continue to succeed. Uh, the Zoom should have been a warning that that wasn't going to work, but uh, uh, apparently they thought it might, and, uh, and, and so they've, they've been in trouble. Isn't the definition of being insane doing the same thing over and over again and expecting a different result? Because Microsoft believes very seriously mm-hmm. that if you throw enough people and enough money at to a problem, mm-hmm. they'll succeed. And we're looking, mm-hmm. for example, at the report this week that Microsoft is taking an over $6 billion write-down mm-hmm. because they bought this online advertising service, which nobody ever heard of. I won't even give you the name. You never heard of it. Mm-hmm. The same year that Google bought another company, DoubleClick, for half as much. Mm-hmm. Now, DoubleClick has paid off for Google. Microsoft can't get it with online search. Right now, the market share for Bing is, if you combine the fact that Bing took over the search from Yahoo, it's just cannibalized Yahoo. Google's search market is the same or better than it was several years ago. Yeah, and then like the Vanity Fair summary that's online points out, they weren't able to get the whole instant messaging thing either. They thought MSN Messenger was going to be a success, and uh, they didn't get they didn't get that uh, the way people were using messaging wasn't simply about sending messages to each other, but but keeping track of what people are doing. And Twitter came along and stomped on them even further, and and they just they just don't get it. Well. In the same way, Apple has understood because they combine an mm. SMS messaging mm. protocol mm. with, of course, messages for mm. Mountain Lion. Mm. But they've also enhanced integration with Twitter across mm-hmm. the iOS, across right. OS X Mountain Lion. Small, you'll have Facebook integration. Where's Microsoft? Yeah, they're they're clearly not there. I mean, I wouldn't count Microsoft out. They're still obviously a big company that with lots of money, and they're coming out with this Surface, uh, um, which may or may not be a big deal. But so I wouldn't count them out. But they're certainly they're certainly struggling. I wouldn't dispute the Vanity Fair article. In fact, there was an article I saw the other day, and I think the link. Uh, came from Daring Fireball, showing the ratio, among other things, the article showed the ratio of Mac sales to PC sales, and how at one point uh, the ratio was as little as 6 to 1, and then um, it went up and up and up, and I think, and I don't have the article in front of me, so I'm going to get some of the exact numbers wrong, you're going to have to, I apologize for that, but I think it went up to as high as uh, several hundred to 1 in the early 2000s, when it peaked, and since then, it's been going down again, and now it's down to something like 60 to 1. And and the article goes on to to further say that if you include sales of iPhones and iPads and Macs and combine all three of those into one category uh, and compare that to all the PC and related Microsoft supported devices, that the ratio is like only 2 to 1. It's as low as it's ever been. Uh, And so, again, I think that's pretty telling. 
we're seeing also here that we're in a universe where the PC is supposedly the dying breed, mm-hmm. except for power users. And Microsoft still wants people to believe, and I guess this is the problem, Microsoft still wants you to believe that with the PC and tablets, it's basically the same thing with a slightly different shape, that you will interact with the tablet the same way as you interact with the PC. It's still, to them, Windows everywhere. That's the thing that's in their mind. It's got to be Windows everywhere. Yeah, well, there's another article I read, and I'm sorry, I can't credit because I don't remember who wrote it now, but making a similar point, saying that for, for Apple, less is more. They want the simplest possible approach. They eliminate things even when some people think we shouldn't be eliminating them yet, uh, such as the, you know, the optical drive from the MacBook Air and stuff like that. App, uh, Microsoft's approach, on the other hand, is more is more. Not only is the Surface going to be a tablet, but it's also going to be uh, a, a, a laptop computer equivalent as well. It's going to be everything that you want to be all in one. And you know, it's a different approach. And maybe the you know maybe the more is more approach can win. Uh, and Maybe it won't. It's something that remains to be seen. And actually, I, the other thing I'd add is that in some ways Apple isn't uh, Microsoft's biggest problem anymore. Uh, I think in, it's gonna, Google is at least as much of a problem, uh, and especially in light of the surface that we've been talking about. One of the things that we saw the other day is that HP uh, has, uh, announced that they were um, at least putting on hold their plans to work with Microsoft on a tablet, and instead we're going to be uh, looking to, to, to Google's Android system instead. So um, they, the, HP felt burned by, by what Microsoft was doing with making their own tablet, I guess. And I suspect the other OEM makers do also. But Mm. Intel-based tablets have gone where? Nowhere. And Windows 8, I'm hearing all sorts of criticism about Windows 8. I don't know if you've played with it or not. I have a little bit on on, a virtual machine on my Mac. Okay. The impression I get of Windows 8 is schizophrenia, that they're trying to meld the desktop with the mobile, and it ends up being a mess. Integration between the traditional desktop interface of Windows, which I guess is slimmed down, it doesn't have Arrow anymore, and Metro, it doesn't make sense. Not everything is obvious. I mean, you take a look at this mass of tiles, and other than clicking on them, you don't know what to do, and clicking on them, depending on what you do and what it is, has unpredictable results. Yeah, well, it reminded me of one of my earlier criticisms of, of Windows years ago, when before Windows 95, certainly, but back when it was in those early stages, the Windows look operating system, whatever it was, it wasn't really a separate operating system. It was an overlay on the old DOS version, and you frequently found that you were being bumped back into the DOS version, as opposed to the Mac operating system, which... That was the operating system. There was nothing underneath the Mac operating system that you could fall back to. It, it was it was the core of, of how the Mac worked, and I thought that was a far better way of doing things. And I see a little bit of the same thing in Windows 8, where I got the, that Metro tile look, and I thought it was actually kind of cool. I was enjoying playing with it, and then at some point I clicked on one of the squares, and it took me to the Windows start screen that looks very much like Windows 7. And I found that all that stuff was still there. It hadn't really been replaced by Metro. It, Metro was just an overlay. And I'm, I'm worried that that isn't going to fly very well either. And it makes it confusing. And part of the problem mm-hmm. is, what do you do about people who are used to Windows the way it is now, used to mm-hmm. Windows XP, and now mm-hmm. you throw in Windows 8 and you've got to retrain them? We mm-hmm. have someone who's been well-trained for a long time, Ted Landau, joining us on the Tech Night Owl Live.
The GCN Radio Network, providing the world with hard-hitting talk radio. GCN. Great talk radio starts here. Ray Perkins, a reclusive veteran burned out from the Gulf War, lives tortured by relentless, perplexing nightmares. Nightmares of a horrific battle in deep space and of a mysterious woman suffering in agony for her devastated world. A woman not yet born, calling across centuries to him. Then, a coincidence leads him to his destiny, his chance to alter the universe. Attack of the Rockoids. The former fiction editor for Star Wars and Indiana Jones, Robert Simpson, writes, The soul of the novel Attack of the Rockoids lies in its heart and passion for building a convincing tale of a love that spans a galaxy. A thrilling story. Attack of the Rockoids is available now. Read a sample chapter and get a special discount off of the cover price at our website, rockoids.com. That's R-O-C-K-O-I-D-S dot com. Attack of the Rockoids, a novel in the grand science fiction tradition. Attention business owners and individuals who owe the IRS. Do you owe $10,000 or more in back taxes? You need aggressive representation. Call Certified Tax now and speak to one of our tax attorneys, enrolled agents, or tax professionals who specialize in tax liens, back taxes, tax debt, wage garnishment, and collections. We won't waste your time. Instead, we'll be on the phone with the IRS within 30 minutes of you becoming a client. And you can become a client right now. We've settled millions of dollars in tax issues for a fraction of the cost. Find the Peace of mind knowing the IRS will not be knocking at your door. Protect your home, business, and family today. We know the tax laws, and we act fast. Call today for your free, no-obligation consultation. 1-800-685-9751. Remember, we'll be on the phone with the IRS within 30 minutes of you becoming a client. That's guaranteed. Call Certified Tax at 800-685-9751. That's 800-685-9751. Again, 800-685-9751. Hello? Congratulations. For what? For losing all that weight. How'd you do it so fast? ASAP. ASAP what? What's that mean? Are you ready to get as skinny as possible, as soon as possible, as simple as possible, and as sexy as possible? I'm listening. Then get with the ASAP program. It's real and it works. No smooth talk, no slick advertising, and no exaggerated claims of success. I've got to know more. Welcome to ASAP, as slim as possible. Whether you have 10, 20, or 50 pounds to lose, ASAP is your weight loss answer. ASAP targets the abnormal fat reserves and makes them available to be burned as fuel and contains no caffeine or hormones. Order ASAP at wholesale prices or join the team to share the business with others. Visit GCNteam.com or call 877-878-4203. GCNteam.com or call 877-878-4203. Lose weight and look great with ASAP, as slim as possible. Now at DeseretFoodStore.com, sign up for a one-month supply of delicious food for only $99 with free shipping. That's right, only $99. Gourmet restaurant-style meals with a 30-year shelf life. Packaged in heavy-duty Mylar bags for easy transport and freshness. Meals like stroganoff, lasagna, teriyaki, five-bean chili, granola pancakes, and much more. Visit DeseretFoodStore.com, spelled D-E-S-E-R-E-T, FoodStore.com, or call 801-444-1444. Food for now, food for life. 
In a coming apart world, you need something to keep it tied together. That something is Atwood Rope, the highest quality rope made in the USA from exotic braids for military, rescue, arborists, shipyards, tow line, or boating. Quality rope at affordable prices you and your customers can depend on. Find a dealer or shop online at atwoodrope.net. Enter promo code RADIO to receive 100 feet of 550 paracord free with purchase. Atwood Rope, working to keep the world tied together. You never know what's going to happen next while listening to the Tech Night Isle, live with Gene Steinberg. With Ted Landau on the Tech Night Isle Live, we started exploring Microsoft and the problems. Their lost decade, whatever, the things they've been trying to do to remain relevant in the question being, are they relevant anymore? Does it matter? We're looking at Windows 8. Now, to be fair, of course, obviously Mac OS X is a shell, an overlay over Unix, but Apple hides it. It's not something you get dumped into unless you actually physically run Terminal. You're basically using the graphical user interface, but Unix is down there. Yes, and as you said, Apple goes out of its way to make sure that a user that doesn't want to deal with Unix doesn't have to. And I didn't get that same impression with looking at Windows 8. But again, it remains to be seen. I know that some of the tech pundits who normally favor Microsoft have been critical of Windows 8. One called it a bad blind date. Okay, I didn't read that. No, but it's that kind of thing where Mm. it kind of looks nice. As you say, the tiles look nice, but you start playing with it, you run into obstacles. Mm. Let's look at Mm. something else that may present obstacles in a different sense. So we've talked about this before with you Mm -hmm. and the guests, and that is with the Mac App Store. As of June 1st, every new application accepted for the Mac App Store has to be sandboxed. Now, let's just, you know, before we get people crazy over the inside baseball and the geek terms. Define for our listeners once again what sandboxing means. Well, in the simplest terms I can describe it, it simply means that Apple has a se- Apple's idea for security purposes is to make sure that an app cannot in any way affect another app or other software on your drive without your express permission in any case. So, for okay, example... So if therefore one app crashes, it doesn't take down your system. If one app is infected by malware. It doesn't screw up the system. Yes, that's true, but it goes beyond that. If, if one app wants to contact another app in a way that you would like, like, for instance, uh, an app that maybe sends a message to another app via, via an Apple script or, or, or that, or that uh, wants to borrow the database from another app, maybe it's an app that stores photos and, and it wants to get the photos from that other app, uh, or any, anything like that, where, where, or an example that's been in the news recently, Text Expander, which which provides uh, typing expanded shortcuts uh, in, in other apps if you have Text Expander installed. So it's, again, Text Expander is affecting what's going on in another app. Anything like that, which includes a number of things that, that exist uh, and are commonly used on the Mac, uh, those things are potentially prohibited as well due to the sandboxing constraints. Okay, well, before we go into the constraints, are we seeing that maybe like 98% of the applications out there will work just fine without worrying about the constraints of sandboxing? I think that's largely true. Uh, and, and to be clear, sandboxing only affects 
apps that are in the App Store. If you don't put your app in the App Store and you sell it separately, you're not affected by sandboxing. If you want to sell through the App Store, then you have to comply with Apple's sandboxing constraints. Uh, and certain, I would say most, I don't know what the exact percentage is, most of the apps that are currently in the App Store um, are having, well, well, of course, but all the apps that are in the App Store are going to have to meet the sandboxing constraints, and most are not having any trouble doing so. It's basically when apps call on functions or talk to other apps that things get crazy or require admin privileges. So, for example, you have a product like Carbon Copy Cloner, which makes a clone, 100% mirror image of your hard drive, which therefore requires that accesses administrative privileges to get certain files off. Mm-hmm. So, therefore, it can't work. Right. And very funny, by the way, the guy who wrote... Carbon Copy Cloner used to work for Apple. Mm-hmm. Antivirus software is another issue. It, antivirus software ideally works by polling other software in the background, automatically checking when you're not busy using your Mac's processor for something else to make sure uh, that there are no viruses on your drive. Well, uh, that sort of access isn't allowed for a sandboxed app. Isn't you that can- funny, though, because you're trying to promote security? And what we're talking about here is an active scanning feature. I mean, you have antivirus apps where you physically click scan and scans your drive for the presence of viruses. But having, as they say, active scanning means in the background, it's checking applications as they're launched, sites as you reach them. That feature can't work because sandboxing prevents it. So here, where something is doing a good thing, protecting your Mac, providing security protection actively can't happen because of the way the sandboxing is implemented. Mm-hmm. Yes. <laughs> Am I supposed to say something beyond that? I'm just agreeing with you. Okay. Well, you see, that's good. You know, mm-hmm. When you agree with me, mm-hmm. you're, you're doing better than we can imagine. Mm-hmm. But just looking at this, let's take this further. Now, Apple has a way where you get around the sandboxing limitations. It's called entitlements. Right which is just basically ways to access the operating system or talk to other apps. Mm-hmm. And I don't pretend to know how many of those there are, but would it make sense for Apple over time to expand the entitlements to allow more of these special scenarios? Yeah, I think this is a work in progress, that Apple has a list of entitlements. I've looked at them. I don't remember the exact number myself, but basically you don't automatically get these entitlements. It's not as if... It's not as if Apple said, well, here's our policy, and here are 24 exceptions to the policy. Here's our policy, and that's it. If you want any of those 24 or whatever they are exceptions to the policy called entitlements, you have to apply for them when you submit your app to the App Store. And it's part of the review process where Apple will say, okay, you, know, you, you want these six entitlements for your, in order for your app to work. Uh, we agree. And so we're going to allow your your app in the App Store with those six entitlements. Or they can say, no, we don't think you've made a good enough case to, for us to give you those entitlements. So, so it's f- not something that's mm-hmm. always mm-hmm. there. It's subjective. Mm-hmm. You have to have people at Apple look at your proposal, mm-hmm. your business plan, and mm-hmm. say, okay, with your business plan, with your proposal, we'll give you the six entitlements. Mm-hmm. Or maybe we'll give you four. Mm-hmm. You can't have the other two. Sorry about that. Right. And what I think will happen is over time, there will be one of one thing that may happen is absolutely nothing. This may just work exactly the way it's working now and everything will be fine. I don't happen to think that's going to be the case, but but it could. But the other thing that might happen is that Apple sees that there are a growing number of apps 
that can't make it into the App Store because there aren't any entitlements that allow them. At some point, they may say, well, these things really should be in the App Store. We want them in the App Store. It makes sense for them to be in the App Store. Uh, and so we're going to invent new entitlements that will allow them to be there. And I think that is going to happen over time. And, and uh, on the other hand, I think developers will get smarter about how to craft their apps so that they uh, require less and less entitlements and still make it into the App Store and do what they want to do. In the meantime, however, I, you're going you're gonna to be faced with the fact that there are going to be apps that won't be able to have the same features that they have now. That features will have to be removed in order for the apps, for some apps, again, not all apps by any means, but for some apps to make it into the Mac App Store, uh, they will have to remove features. Uh, and the, the concern, which I raised in the article, is that to the extent that the App Store over time becomes more and more the default way that people get their software on the Mac, so, so to the point maybe where it becomes hard to make a living uh, selling Mac software unless you can sell it in the App Store, which hasn't happened yet but could happen, uh, then uh, you're faced with a situation where who knows what features we won't even see in the future. A uh, developer could work on some app, say, and say, well, here are five really great features that this app could have, but those five features would block my app from getting in the App Store. So I'm just not going to include those features. The end result being, of course, that developer creativity innovation could be restricted. Now, let's look at the kind of apps that can't be in the Mac App Store because of sandboxing. As I said, certain backup applications that provide clone backups of your drive. So we have SuperDuper. We have Carbon Copy Cloner, which, as I said, was developed by somebody who's to work for Apple. We have antivirus software, which has active scanning, doesn't work. What other kind of apps are being blocked by sandboxing? Well, we mentioned uh, Text Expander. Uh, what is Text Expander for people who haven't heard of it? It's one of those apps, uh, and there's a, a version of this feature included with the Mac OS X operating system, where you can create a shortcut, a typing shortcut that can be automatically expanded by Text Expander. So, for instance, a common one, suppose you frequently want to include your name, address, and phone number to people who email you and say, I need your contact information. Can you send it to me? And you get tired of typing it all the time. You do it several times a day. Well, you could create a shortcut, say, uh, your first name with a pound sign after it or something like that. And whenever you type your first name with a pound sign after it, Text Expander just expands it to be your complete name, address, and phone number. Now, Apple has something called autocomplete. Right. But it's not as complete as Text Expander. No, and they also have text shortcuts that you can do. Uh, but it's not, it's not nearly as powerful as Text Expander. And Text Expander actually was, as I recall, in the App Store, but they came out with a new version 4 last month that added some new features, and I don't remember them offhand, I'm sorry, but, but some new features that would prevent it from being in the App Store, and so this new version is not being sold in the App Store. We have Ted Landau, who writes, of course, for Macworld and the Mac Observer. I'm Gene Steinberger in the Tech Night Out Live. America's number one source for independent talk radio for over a decade. We are the GCN Radio Network. Hi, this is Ted Anderson. If you own an Apple iPhone and love to listen to your favorite programs on GCN, I've got good news for you. I'm proud to announce that GCN has a brand new iPhone app available for our dedicated listeners at GCNlive.com. Listen to your favorite hard-hitting GCN programs live or on demand right on your iPhone. And the best part? The GCN iPhone app can be yours absolutely free. Download the iPhone app today by clicking on the banner at GCNlive.com. Again, that's GCNlive.com. We the 
the People Grow Cotton, Weep Fabric, Engrave Ink, embeds strips and fibers to protect from counterfeit and carting to a private bank, having it lent back at interest, forcing taxes to service debt. This capitalism, or was Jefferson correct when stating a central bank issuing the public currency is a greater menace to the liberties of the people than a standing army? Ted Anderson, I'm placing a free silver dollar in a book that explains our monetary system. Call for your copy, 800-686-2237. It's time to understand the system. Call 800-686-2237. That's 800-686-2237. Don't throw away leftovers. Instead, throw all your leftovers, vegetable peels, eggshells, coffee grounds, pizza crusts, and more into the Bokashi. If you love to garden and compost but don't like the hassle of turning a compost bin or the smell, then check out the EM Bokashi Food Waste Recycling System from Terraganics. Finally, a way to recycle all your food and plant waste safely and effectively and stop using fertilizers. The EM Bokashi Food Waste Recycling System. Rather than decomposition, the Bokashi system uses fermentation to break down waste, so it takes less time to create nutrient dense humus for crops or gardens with no turning and no obnoxious odors. To learn more and order your Bokashi online, visit Terraganics.com and click on the orange button. That's Terraganics.com, spelled T-E-R-A-G-A-N-I-X.com, or call 866-369-3678. That's 866-369-3678. Recycle all your food wastes in about six weeks with the Bokashi Food Waste Recycling System from Terraganics.com. Terraganics, life's getting better. Welcome back to the Tech Night Owl Live, where you never know what's going to happen next. And now, here's Gene Steinberg. We have Ted Landau, and we're talking about first Microsoft's lost decade. Then we're focusing on sandboxing, which is a way to protect you from an application screwing up the system either because it crashes or because of malware. And, of course, we have the laws of unintended consequences, which means that Apple has a set of entitlements or exceptions that they grant subjectively to different developers to get around the sandboxing or talk to other apps. And sometimes they get those permissions and sometimes they don't. Another kind of app that doesn't work is something that captures audio from another application. So we have products like Audio Hijack Pro from Rogue Amoeba, and we have Wiretap Anywhere and Wiretap Studio from Ambrosia. In both cases, these products will capture audio from iChat or from Skype or something. But because of the way the Mac App Store and entitlements are structured, they can't get in there. Yes, that's right. And uh, Rogue Amoeba's entire line of software, except for their Piezo uh, application, is not being sold in the App Store anymore for exactly that reason. Now, Paul Kafasis, he's the CEO of Rogue Amoeba. He has some blog entries over at his site where he points out his interactions with Apple. I mean, he even contacted Philip Schiller, their vice president of worldwide marketing, to try to get permission from one of his apps to be there, believing that they were obeying the rules. Mm-hmm. And Apple says, no, you're not. Of course, Apple makes the rules. They have a right to enforce them. Right. And and that's one of those things that I would hope might we might see some movement on from Apple in the months in the months ahead, and hopefully we would. And and your comment about it's app, you know it's Apple's right to do what they want is an interesting one. In the comments uh, to my column, there there was a debate, let's say, that was raised that for me harkened back to a debate that has been going on ever since the iPhone came out and the iOS was created. Uh, it's just variations of the exact same idea. It, it went back to uh, discussions of 
uh, the iOS operating system being a closed system and then the jailbreaking and what that meant. And and there are, there's, there's two sides to the debate. There's the one side that focuses on what Apple prevents you from doing. And, and in the beginning, they, they would focus on, well, here's what you can't do on, on an iOS device, and yet you can do these things on a Mac. And, and why, you know, why uh, shouldn't I be allowed to, to do them? And then there would be a focus on, well, this is my device. You know, I bought it. I, you know, why can't I put software on it that I want to be able to put on? Why should Apple be able to block me from, from doing that? This doesn't make sense. And then on the other side, there would be people who say, well, it's your device, but you, know, it's, it, you don't have to get an iPhone if you don't like it. Nobody's forcing you this is the way Apple wants to do it. This is the way Apple sees it as correct. You know, Apple is entitled to do what they want. You know, more why, how arrogant of you to think that you should be able to tell Apple how they need to run their business and, and all that sort of stuff. And what about and, the gaming console, the Xbox? Mm-hmm. Microsoft has a right to approve or not approve the games that you buy for that product. Absolutely. If they don't approve it, well, mm-hmm. you can't buy the thing. So you have to sue. Microsoft because I can't get this game on the Xbox. Well, if you don't like it, buy Nintendo. Absolutely. And I think, you know, this is a debate that I've written many columns on. I don't really want to go through all the arguments pro and con right now. But uh, it's a debate that now continues with the Mac App Store. And uh, it's just, I guess, not going to die down until until who knows when exactly. It's certainly not going to die down anytime soon. Exactly. But there are other issues with the Mac App Store that are also of concern. Number one is the demo version. Now, a lot of so-called shareware apps, you buy a full-featured or feature-limited version of the app to try it out. And maybe after 30 days, it expires, whatever. But you can't do that in the Mac App Store. Now, that's a way of testing an app, especially something that's a specialty product. You're not sure if it's going to work or not. You don't want to spend your $10, $20, $30 until you give it a trial. Now, as I said, with Carbon Copy Cloner, for example, the way it works now is the latest version is a 60-day trial version. After 60 days, you buy it. And actually, they have different ways to pay for it. You can actually decide what kind of user license you want to get full access. It's really clever. But the point being that you have 60 days to try it out. But at the Mac App Store, there is no trial version. So the only way to find one is maybe go back to the developer's site. It gets very confusing. I mean, this is, this is exactly the same situation with the iOS store. Uh, there, there's there's App Store. There, there's no there's no difference. And and it's what you're pointing out is just one of several constraints like this that have existed for the iOS store and now are in place for the Mac App Store as well. Uh, for instance, since there's no separate tr- fee that you can charge for upgrades, if somebody buys version one of your software and then you come out with version two, you can't on the App Store have version 2 be a free upgrade for existing users and a paid purchase for new users. There's only one price for an app on the App Store. So the uh, only way you can upgrade it is to give a free upgrade. You can't right. charge for version 2. You can't say, well, version 2 is $26 for new customers and $13 for existing customers. There's no way to separate that. And certainly Apple would know. Apple knows that you bought this mm-hmm. app, the $26 mm-hmm. app. Mm-hmm. So they know, therefore, that if version 2 comes out, they can charge you $13. That's just basically pushing a button or entering an entry on a computer. Right. And, and to be clear, we've moved away from sandboxing. These issues have nothing to do with sandboxing. Well, sandboxing, we understand the problem. We understand the hope that mm-hmm. in developing these apps and letting app developers be innovative, Apple will loosen gradually the mm-hmm. guidelines, not be as stringent, let more things get mm-hmm. in there. Of course, with the understanding that if a developer puts in something like we just heard that this application on the iPhone and Android 
from some Russian developer ended up mm-hmm. being potential malware, and so Apple took it off. Mm-hmm. We, we understand there's always going to be a potential for a problem, but this is a way for Apple maybe overcompensating. We don't know. But we've, I think we've covered that, and we'll have to see how it works out. Now we're looking at other limitations, one being, of course, you can't get a demo version. The right. other being you can't get the upgrade. So now what Apple does now with their own software, it depends on the category of software. So, for example, if it's Aperture or one of the more sophisticated apps, you pay an upgrade price, you get it. If it's the operating system or if it's iWork or iLife, you pay the full price for every retail upgrade. Mm-hmm. You don't get a discount. Right. So maybe Apple figures that a developer will let you buy the product for a couple of years, come out with a new version, and you make a new sale. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, that's the way it's been going so far. I mean, another thing you can't do while you're going through this list uh, is, uh, I, I mentioned this in, in the comment to the column, that ScanSnap scanners, which I was reviewing last week, so that's how it came to my attention, only allow people who own their scanners to have access to their software. And in fact, even if you have an older scanner, you may not have permission to get the latest version of their software. They'll they'll want you to get a new scanner instead. Uh, And so they're very restrictive about who can get their software. Well, there's no way that they could have those sort of restrictions and have their app in the App Store again. In fact, it's not even a single app we're talking about now because not only do they have the actual ScanSnap software app, but they have a collection of third-party software like optical uh, character readers and so on that work with the software that come in a package on the CD when you when you buy a scanner. But isn't that and, true with a lot of printers and scanners and similar products where you have proprietary driver software right. that comes with the product? Maybe you have a subset of this, like you can download drivers for your HP or Xerox printer mm-hmm. from Apple, but you want the other stuff, you have to get it from the company right. who makes it. It's up to them whether to provide a version for that printer. Right, and it makes me think that the the possibility that Apple might someday restrict all software on the Mac to Mac App Store purchases, which some people worry about. This I is don't what s- we're getting on, right? Yeah, I don't, I don't see that happening anytime soon. I just don't think it's practical, and I don't think Apple needs to do it. It would mean it would cause such problems for printers and scanners, like we're talking about now, to figure out how to accommodate what they want to do within an App Store that I don't think Apple is ready to say we want to impose that kind of restriction. And I don't think, as I said, I don't think they'll need to if the App Store becomes sufficiently popular that most people are using it for most of their stuff anyway. There's no big incentive for Apple to have to say, no, we can't allow anything outside of the App Store. Now, you understand, of course, with a printer driver or something like that, those updates can be fed within the province of those particular drivers. So, for example, you have an HP printer, and you can get a note because that printer runs in the background. It is an active kernel extension or something. It's an active program. It can alert you, hey, we've got a new version with new features. Go download it. So you don't have to ever visit the Mac App Store because you deal directly with the printer or scanner maker. Peripheral Maker takes care of that. We take care of this fact. We have Ted Landau writes for Macworld. He writes for the Mac Observer. I'm Gene Steinberg. You're on the Tech Night How Live. (laughs) 
Graphic Converter is the image manipulation tool for the rest of us. It does not use any database. You get full control of all your files. Want to view the images of a folder? Drag it into Graphic Converter, and a powerful browser opens up to show your image files. You could use it for slideshows. You could use it to import images from digital cameras or from scanners. Need to do some image editing? You can do that, too, in Graphic Converter. Also, print catalogs. Convert from so many formats, I can't even list them. Download now to see if Graphic Converter is good for you, like one and a half million other users. Guess what? You could save money when you buy Graphic Converter. Use the coupon code NIGHTOWL. Use the coupon code NIGHTOWL to get a special price for Graphic Converter. Go to LemkeSoft.com. That's L-E-M-K-E-Soft.com. LemkeSoft.com. L-E-M-K-E-Soft.com. Have you ever felt like the United States government knows way too much about your financial affairs? I continue to hear stories about property seizures, frozen bank accounts, confiscation of stocks and bonds. It makes me wonder if the U.S. citizen will ever again have the right to life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. Unfortunately, with the Drug and Money Laundering Act, the IRS Revenue Ruling 6045 of 1984, and the Trading with the Enemy Act and Franklin D. Roosevelt's Executive Order of 1933, some precious metal holdings are subject to government intervention. For this reason, Midas Resources has prepared a report explaining the boundaries of trading precious metals privately. Whether if you have any intention of trading with Midas Resources or not, I have instructed my representatives to give this report out free. Call for your free copy at 1-800-686-2237. When investing, always proceed with caution. Again, call 1-800-686-2237. Exercise your legal right to trade metals privately. 1-800-686-2237. I have bought a few bottles of heart and body extract and have to say that it, it certainly does work. That's what Jack from Michigan had to say after his experience with heart pain and what he did to treat it with heart and body extract. I actually had a huge heart flutter. I was also having some edema around my ankles and very worrisome clot in my uh, right leg that would happen from time to time while I was trying to sleep. Heart and body extract is all natural with no negative side effects. It will help repair or correct past problems associated with the heart and body circulation. After my second bottle of heart and body extract, all problems are now gone. Order at hbextract.com or call 866-295-5305. I ordered a third bottle of heart and body extract for maintenance as I want to keep everything working. Order heart and body extract at 866-295-5305 or hbextract.com. Heart and body extract for a long and healthy life. We all know that Berkey Water Purification Systems are the most trusted name in water filtration. As an authorized Berkey dealer for over six years and serving thousands of satisfied customers, the Berkey Guy offers amazing specials for Berkey Water Filtration Systems. The Berkey Light Systems include a set of self-sterilizing and recleanable black purification elements that purify water by removing chlorine, pathogenic bacteria, cysts and parasites to non-detectable levels and remove harmful chemicals such as herbicides and pesticides. Order the Berkey Light 
system today, complete with two black Berkey elements for only $231, and the Berkey Guy will ship your order free of charge. With the purchase of a Berkey light, the Berkey Guy is also offering a set of fluoride and arsenic filters for only $39.99. That's over 30% off the retail price. Call the Berkey Guy at 1-877-886-3653. That's 1-877-886-3653. Or order online at GoBerkey.com. That's GoBerkey.com today. We'd like to hear from you. If you have any thoughts or comments about the Tech Night Owl Live, please get in touch at news at technightowl.com. That's news at technightowl.com. Looking for past episodes? We've got hundreds at technightowl.com slash radio. That's technightowl.com slash radio. Or subscribe on iTunes. We have Ted Landau joining us on the Tech Night Owl Live and we're focusing first on Microsoft's lost decade, then Apple's Mac App Store, and the problems and the exceptions. And as you say, most applications go in there fine. I kind of expect also that you'll soon see versions of Microsoft Office and the Adobe applications. Of course, now they have these sprawling installers, but mm-hmm. they'll have to simplify things. And isn't that also where the good things can happen with the Mac App Store, where Apple says, you're using a single, simple setup process. You can't use all these crazy installers that throw files in 100 different places. You've got to get with a little discipline. Do you think that Apple, in a sense, is also enforcing discipline? Yes, and I think there are definite advantages to having the App Store. And upgrades are certainly one of them. The fact that you can just launch that single App Store app and get a list of everything that you've downloaded from the app store that that has an upgrade available and click one button and get all that software upgraded makes it a lot simpler than having 16 different types of installers and various upgrade policies and uh, having to go to a website to see a list of what's been updated recently to find out if if any of your apps need an update. So yeah, I think that's definitely a big advantage of the app store. I will add though, I don't think uh, you can get an app from the app store that becomes self-updating. You know, like you were suggesting, where you just go to the app itself and say... No, I was thinking only in the sense right. of something like a printer driver or with apps with no access to the app store. You have apps now where you buy directly from the developer. And right. They have no. internal update mechanisms. Here, right. the update is being fed by Apple. Right. It's not internal. Apple right. will simply, like with a software update that's moving to the Mac app store with Mountain Lion, you will see a notice, a number or something saying... Here's a list of the apps that are updated, and then you could download them and install them. It's not the same thing as being notified on the basis of an internal app message. It's a Mac App Store update mechanism. I'm just saying that's not available. It's another reason, for instance, that you couldn't have a separate free update and a cost update. It would be nice for, or I'm not sure it would be nice, but one possible solution would be you buy an app from the App Store, and then built into that app is a is a self-updating so that when a new version comes out, you can update it by checking within the app itself. And so if you already own the app, you get the update for free. But if you don't, you have to go to the app store to buy it. But Apple says no to that. You can't. There's no doing that. So uh, I know they want to simplify the update process because part mm-hmm. of the problem is mm-hmm. and you have to look at the non-power user. Mm-hmm. You and I will look for the updates. We'll know what's going on. Mm-hmm. But the person who is not connected just wants things to work. If you have all the software or most of it in one place mm-hmm. serving their needs, they know 
They don't have to worry about the updates. They'll get the notice. They'll get the memo. Otherwise, if you are using different apps with different update mechanisms, you might have to wait for some kind of email notice, something online, something from MacUpdate.com, for example, or perhaps the app itself. When you launch the app, it will tell you, hey, here's an update, and now you can install and relaunch. Absolutely. And it's going to be better, even better in Mountain Lion. One of the problems we have now is that Apple itself has two update mechanisms. One, there is the, the App Store update with, with, that we've been talking about, and then they have their own software update that for, their, for their own operating system updates that you access typically from the Apple menu. And you have to remember to check both for updates. And then, and then of course, then there's the third problem of, of software that doesn't uh, come from the App Store that, you have, that, that we have to check for. And with Mountain Lion, Apple is going to eliminate the software update separation. All Apple software, including operating system software, is going to go through the App Store. And that will fix another little minor glitchy hassle that I've experienced. For instance, I, I have iLife software, of course, and at one point I wound up updating iPhoto from the App Store, but I didn't update, for instance, GarageBand from the App Store. Uh, and so I have my standalone version of GarageBand and my Mac app version of iPhoto, and when updates come out, a new version of GarageBand appears in software update because I have the standalone version, but the new version of iPhoto doesn't. And I, at first I was going, what happened? How come I see all the stuff on the web about there's a new version of iPhoto, but I'm not seeing it? Why are not I getting a chance to do the update? And it turned out that I had to go to the App Store and, and find that the iPhoto update was there because that's where I had gotten my most recent copy of iPhoto. And that, those sort of hassles are going to be eliminated in Mountain Lion, which I think will be good. Also, Mountain Lion will check for updates every single day. And part of that is to give Apple the chance to feed you automatic security updates where there are problems. Right. That's one of the issues that's going to happen. The question, and this will be possibly the last thing we'll discuss with this visit, Ted, the big issue here is people become used to going to the Mac App Store. New Mac users who come to the platform because they've used the iPad and mm-hmm. the iPhone are used to a single Apple store, an app store, to get all their stuff. They don't really necessarily recognize the fact that there are independent repositories on a Mac, that you Mm -hmm. can go lots of places. And also with Mountain Lion's Gatekeeper, you have three options as to how the software you install is treated on the first launch, Mm -hmm. which is just from the Mac App Store, Mac App Store, or those getting a security certificate from Apple and anything you want. And the middle one, which is security certificate and Mac App Store, is the default with Mountain Mm -hmm. Lion. The question is here, the independent developer who knows they will never get in the Mac App Store because that's not the way they do business or they have features Mm -hmm. Apple won't approve, they're going to see a diminishing returns because fewer and fewer people will even look for them. Yes, I, I, I believe that's a concern. How big a concern it is is something that's been subject to debate. One of the things that third-party developers can do is form their own App Store alternative, and that's actually been done already. There was a column in the Mac Observer the other day about a package called Bodega, which is attempting to be an App Store for apps that don't make it into the Mac App Store. If this becomes successful, it could be a second central place. It would look and feel similar to the Mac App Store. It would be a central place where various companies could have their software so you could have a unified environment again. And instead of having 17 different ways of dealing with software and updating, you would just go to the Mac App Store and the Bodega Store, and you would be done. I think something like that is potentially workable. Whether it actually takes off or not remains to be seen. The other thing that I would say in that regard, when you don't have an app, 
app in the App Store now, there's another, for me, a little bit more insidious problem, and that is even though Apple says you don't have to be in the App Store, they can effectively start crippling software that isn't in the App Store. Maybe that's too strong a term, but an example of what I mean is that Apple currently, this is the one big example of it that's present right now, Apple currently won't let apps sync to iCloud unless they're sold through the App Store. So, for instance, Apple has this new feature coming in Mountain Line that's kind of cool called Documents in the Cloud, where when you select an open or save dialog box for your app, you can get a list of all the documents that, that are currently stored in iCloud. But, uh, of and- course, if Apple doesn't allow the application in the Mac App Store, you don't get it. They get a way to control the environment and also control the software. This could reduce as we say, creativity. Well, it makes the app less desirable. If people start expecting documents in the iCloud for all their apps and yours can't have it, and they say, well, why can't you have that feature? All my other favorite apps have it. And you say, well, I can't have it because it's not sold through the App Store. And they're not going to take the sacrifices that are necessary to make it happen. Ted Landau, where do we find more of the stuff that you write about? The Mac Observer, the main place. And I also write a Bugs and Fixes column for Mac World. And when it comes to sandboxing, The story hasn't been written yet. It's a work in progress, and we've got to kind of hope that Apple will be a little bit more lenient or be smarter in the way they let app developers do things that now are prohibited. Ted Landau, thanks for joining us on the Tech Night Out Live. You're welcome. Are you tired of searching for great talk radio? Something more important. Search no more. We are the GCN Radio Network. If you want to get your website online and you need reliable service, first-class service at the lowest possible price, there's only one place to go. Well, DreamHost has a special promotion with our show where they'll offer you unlimited disk space, unlimited bandwidth, one-click web apps such as WordPress, 24-7 support. You can save over $55. You want to know how? Go to DreamHost.com slash radio, DreamHost.com slash radio. Whether it's personal mail, whether it's business email, you want reliable, dependable delivery, freedom from spam, freedom from viruses. Well, Polaris Mail offers professional email hosting services for your personal or small business use. Each account uses 25 gigabytes of storage, an easy-to-use webmail interface, and full mobile sync. Sign up today for a 30-day free trial at PolarisMail.com, PolarisMail.com. We want to know, how do you use WebEx? I live in my car, sometimes a rental car. Every day, I find a nice, quiet place to pull over and meet a client through WebEx, face-to-face on my smartphone. This is the way to do business. The new free version of WebEx Meetings lets you take your office anywhere, your desktop, laptop, or mobile device. Get your free WebEx Meetings basic account now at WebEx.com. WebEx from Cisco. W-E-B-E-X.com. WebEx.com. We the people grow cotton, weave fabric, engrave ink, embed strips and fibers to protect from counterfeit and carding to a private bank, having it led back at interest, forcing taxes to service debt. This capitalism, or was Jefferson correct when stating a central bank issuing the public currency is a greater menace to the liberties of the people than a standing army? Hi, Ted Anderson. I'm placing a free silver dollar in a book that explains our monetary system. Call for your copy, 800-686-2237. It's time to understand the system. Call 800-686-2237. That's 800 686 That's the sound of your door being kicked in by an intruder with a single kick. 
That's the sound of the same door now protected by the Door Sentinel at MySafeDoor.com. Go to MySafeDoor.com right now and watch the amazing video. At MySafeDoor.com, you'll learn how to turn your home into a fortress with the Door Sentinel. 16 kicks later... And the Door Sentinel is still holding strong. MySafeDoor.com. That's MySafeDoor.com. Hi, this is Ted Anderson. Have you ever wondered why banks, stockbrokers, investment advisors won't talk about gold IRAs? They've been available since 1986, yet the financial industry won't recognize the value of gold for your retirement. Gold has outperformed paper investments, yet no word about IRAs. If you would like to have gold for your retirement, call 800-686-2237. Don't get left behind by rising inflation and low returns. Call 800-686-2237. Secure your future and call 1-800-686-2237. Introducing a Diabetes Breakthrough, an easy, natural, organic way to bring relief to diabetics. Introducing MDS Forte, a concentrated super strength extract formulated for those who are looking for relief. What can MDS Forte do for you? MDS Forte reduces glucose levels safely and effectively, reduces cholesterol and triglyceride levels, increases HDL or good cholesterol while reducing LDL or bad cholesterol. MDS Forte reduces A1C, improves eyesight and circulation to the limbs, and helps with weight loss. Is non-toxic, caffeine-free, 100% natural, 100% organic, and comes with a 100% money-back guarantee. Waiting for the side effects disclaimers? With MDS Forte, there are none. Order a 25-day treatment of MDS Forte by calling 213-405-5355, 213-405-5355, or visit bestbloodsupport.com. That's bestbloodsupport.com for MDS Forte, a diabetes breakthrough. What are you listening to? The Tech Night Isle Live with Gene Steinberg. What's going to happen next? You never know. We have Jim Galbraith of Macworld Magazine, and he's a lab director, which means when they test things and they do all the measurements, it's his department that gets the job, and more often than not, he's sitting there with a stopwatch, timing everything with precision to, what, a tenth of a second or something like that? Yes. Do you actually use a stopwatch or do you have some kind of measuring tool that determines start and stop points? Some things, uh, some things are automated. Some things uh, are stopwatch still. So the old-fashioned technologies still have a function? They do. There's some things that I have a hard time uh, scripting and some things are a little bit easier. And then we use some just regular benchmarks that you know have a score like Mathematica Mark. Okay, so we look at... The new Mac notebooks introduced on June 11th. So we have refresh MacBook Airs, we have refresh MacBook Pros, and then we have the MacBook Pro with Retina Display. Now, with the MacBook Pro and Retina Display, because of the changes in the higher resolution screen and everything, did you have to change any of your testing methodology? Uh, no, for the most part, it, it treats all of the, it, even though it has so many more pixels. It displays as if it was a regular 15-inch MacBook Pro, um, but the pixel, you know, there's multiple pixels for each pixel there is in a standard display. So it looks similar as far as the amount of stuff you uh, fit on the screen and that sort of thing, but everything's much clearer because you, there's no visible pixels. There's a little slider that lets you 
crank it up. And I didn't try testing this to see if I cranked up the resolution to kind of use a one-to-one pixel resolution so you could – everything's really tiny, but you can fit really large Photoshop images at 100% on there or whatever you wanted to do uh, to see how much that might affect performance. But for text, you'd have to have great eyes, be very young, or have reading glasses at hand. Yeah, that's not for text. I don't think even it's funny looking at it. We did a one little thing where we cranked the resolution up and took some screenshots uh, on MacWorld, and yeah, all the little menu items and everything. It's funny how many things you can fit on there, but boy, yeah, try to read them. Kind of difficult. I've seen people do that with desktop icons, but also with the dock. You know, instead of just having the basic dozen or two dozen items, they have a hundred or something. They're miniature, and they use the dock's magnification feature to make them look decent. Yeah. The, and the displays preferences changed a little bit, too, for the retina displays, where instead of picking the resolution by its number, you know, 1024 or whatever, now it's kind of best for retina display, best for text. You know, it's kind of uh, it's just a slider, and you slide it up and down. And it's pretty cool. The weird thing is that with the retina display, I think you're more likely – to want to have access to those display uh, to that display slider and to be able to change the resolution on that, but uh, there's no longer an option to keep that up in your toolbar. Now you have to go to system preferences, open up display preferences, and go through all that rigmarole every time you want to change your resolution. Something I hear unofficially from Mountain Lion 10.8, Apple will be simplifying the way that the display's preference pane is handled in system preferences so there will be one resolution best for built-in display which is the native resolution of whatever flat panel display your mac or external monitor has and scale where you get all the numbers they want to make it simple it sounds like they've already kind of implemented that for uh the retina displays because that's what it looks like they figure that the average mac user who's not a power user like you and i more you than i wouldn't really need the numbers. The numbers are confusing. They want to accomplish a goal, not deal with numbers. Right. I need to know the numbers because I'm running, you know, gaming benchmarks, and I want to make sure that the, we're running at the, the game with the native resolution or whatever. Okay, before we get into more of the specifics, the fact that the graphics hardware has to push four times as many pixels, basically, are we reaching the limits of that technology? I don't know. You mean the the technology of the display or being able to increase frame rates or increase frame rates? Does this hurt the frame rate? It did. It was it was about fifteen percent lower in our portal tests than the standard MacBook Pro fifteen inch. But that's displaying a higher resolution. Well, right. It's well doing the 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 Retina display versus the standard display for the 15-inch MacBook Pro with the same processors. It was uh, 15% slower, running the same resolution. Now that leads me to believe here that there are people out there who expect that maybe a 27-inch iMac will have a Retina display, but that right now would be almost impossible the way current technology is. That's a, it's a lot of pixels. It'd be interesting to see if you know new iMacs come out with them and how much they would cost if they did. But uh, it seems like that would definitely be rough to try and play you know, full-screen, full-resolution 3D games on. I expect this is going to be a pretty difficult thing. I expect that Apple will probably have to hold off a while on developing a 27-inch iMac with Retina Display. And that's the other thing, too, here. With 
an iMac, you have pretty good resolution as it is. You're looking at the thing, what, a couple of feet away, 27-inch mm-hmm. screen. Do you really need a retina display on something that large? I guess you could argue whether or not you ever need a retina display. You know, you sit in front of it and you kind of ooh and ah about how the menu looks so clear and, you know, uh, how great the text looks, whatever. But, you know, it's nice to have feature, but I myself don't know whether I would pay the extra amount in order to get it. Okay. Well, that says a lot. That says a lot. I don't know if I would either. I'm looking at a 27-inch iMac, and I say, you know, should I pay more? Remember, when you get a display with that density, that pixel density, it's going to cost a lot more money. It's not twice as much. It's going to cost a lot more. And Apple's spending $100, $150 more per display on the MacBook Pro with a 15.4-inch screen. Now, before we get into the numbers, one more question here. Apple has evidently discontinued the 17-inch MacBook Pro. Can the 15.4-inch screen, which is diagonally 1.6 inches less, not that much, really replace it? Well, I guess it's going to have to. You you can up the resolution. The the resolution on that 17-inch screen was already, the pixel density was already a little higher, I think. And so things looked a little smaller on that 17-inch anyway. So I think that you can fit as much stuff. You can fit more, I guess, if you crank up the resolution uh, on the retina display but uh i think you i think you'll be able to get just about as much or you know you won't feel as cramped i think i think you'll feel you'll be fine plus you save yourself a few pounds you save your back when you're carrying it around now you say what six and a half pounds as opposed to four and a half pounds not much of a difference but stick that in the backpack yeah you can and feel now it. carry it across the airport you know going to gate 79 at the other end of the airport and think how your shoulder is impacted even if you have one of those carrying cases where the shoulder strap is insulated and everything, it doesn't help. Yeah, and you can feel that extra pound or two for sure. So maybe we won't miss the 15.4-inch version substituting for the 17-inch version. Okay, let's look at the numbers here. Now, the basic thing that Apple did with, with the MacBook Pro with Retina Display, they went to all solid-state drives. And that makes a huge difference in performance. A lot of what you do is hard drive related. It affects quite a few things for sure. Everything from startup to launching applications to, you know, if uh, your application runs out of RAM, it's going to go to the hard drive to to get the data. And if it's running an SSD, that that time to get to the to get to the uh, get to your hard drive and get it back is much faster, much reduced. And what you're seeing here, of course, therefore, is that all those functions that depended on the hard drive, suddenly they move much faster. Applications launch faster. Saving documents is faster. Anything that goes to the drive to process data goes faster. So the slower processor, like on a MacBook Air, suddenly seems faster than the MacBook Pro with the regular hard drive. Yeah, I mean, when we uh, did a duplicate test, we do a you know two gigabyte uh, file. We duplicate it on the hard drive. It took thirteen point three seconds for the Retina Display MacBook Pro. And we'll ask has- how much it takes for a regular hard drive with Jim Galbraith from MacWorld Magazine on the Tech Night Out Live. The GCN Radio Network, providing the world with hard-hitting talk radio. G-C-N. 
Great Talk Radio starts here. Ray Perkins, a reclusive veteran burned out from the Gulf War, lives tortured by relentless, perplexing nightmares. Nightmares of a horrific battle in deep space and of a mysterious woman suffering in agony for her devastated world. A woman not yet born, calling across centuries to him. Then, a coincidence leads him to his destiny, his chance to alter the universe. Attack Attack of the Rockoids. The former fiction editor for Star Wars and Indiana Jones, Robert Simpson, writes, The soul of the novel Attack of the Rockoids lies in its heart and passion for building a convincing tale of a love that spans the galaxy. A thrilling story. Attack Attack of the Rockoids is available now. Read a sample chapter and get a special discount off of the cover price at our website, rockoids.com. That's R-O-C-K-O-I-D-S dot com. Attack, attack of the Rockoids, a novel in the grand science fiction tradition. Don't throw away leftovers. Instead, throw all your leftovers, vegetable peels, eggshells, coffee grounds, pizza crusts, and more into the Bokashi. If you love to garden and compost but don't like the hassle of turning a compost bin or the smell, then check out the EM Bokashi Food Waste Recycling System from Terraganics. Finally, a way to recycle all your food and plant waste safely and effectively and stop using fertilizers. The EM Bokashi Food Waste Recycling System. Rather than decomposition, the Bokashi system uses fermentation to break down waste, so it takes less time to create nutrients dense humus for crops or gardens with no turning and no obnoxious odors. To learn more and order your Bokashi online, visit Terraganics.com and click on the orange button. That's Terraganics.com, spelled T-E-R-A-G-A-N-I-X.com or call 866-369-3678. That's 866-369-3678. Recycle all your food wastes in about six weeks with the Bokashi Food Waste Recycling System from Terraganics.com. Terraganics, life's getting better. Now at DeseretFoodStore.com, sign up for a one-month supply of delicious food for only $99 with free shipping. That's right, only $99. Gourmet restaurant-style meals with a 30-year shelf life. Packaged in heavy-duty Mylar bags for easy transport and freshness. Meals like stroganoff, lasagna, teriyaki, five-bean chili, granola pancakes, and much more. Visit DeseretFoodStore.com, spelled D-E-S-E-R-E-T, FoodStore.com, or call 801-444-1444. Food for now, food for life. Hi, this is Ted Anderson. Have you ever wondered why banks, stockbrokers, investment advisors won't talk about gold IRAs? They've been available since 1986, yet the financial industry won't recognize the value of gold for your retirement. Gold has outperformed paper investments, yet no word about IRAs. If you would like to have gold for your retirement, call 800-686-2237. Don't get left behind by rising inflation and low returns. Call 800-686-2237. Secure your future and call 1-800-686-2237. Attention business owners and individuals who owe the IRS. Do you owe $10,000 or more in back taxes? You need aggressive representation. Call Certified Tax now and speak to one of our tax attorneys, enrolled agents, or tax professionals who specialize in tax liens, back taxes, tax debt, wage garnishment, and collections. We won't waste your time. Instead, we'll be on the phone with the IRS within 30 minutes of you becoming a client. And you can become a client right now. We've settled millions of dollars in tax issues for a fraction of the cost. Find the P. 
peace of mind knowing the IRS will not be knocking at your door. Protect your home, business, and family today. We know the tax laws, and we act fast. Call today for your free, no-obligation consultation. 1-800-685-9751. Remember, we'll be on the phone with the IRS within 30 minutes of you becoming a client. That's guaranteed. Call Certified Tax at 800-685-9751. That's 800-685-9751. Again, 800-685-9751. You're listening to the Tech Night Owl Live with Gene Steinberg. You never know what's going to happen next. We have Jim Galbraith of Macworld Magazine where he is the lab director. We're talking about the benchmarks here. And, okay, so with a solid-state drive, MacBook Air with retina display, this particular copying operation takes 13-some-odd seconds, right? Yes. Okay. Whereas the same processor and the same 15-inch non-retina MacBook Pro using a 7200 RPM hard drive, 55.8 seconds. So it's you know like four times faster using the SSD in that test. That makes a huge, huge difference. Absolutely. Performance. Right. It starts up really fast. Also, in terms of longevity, and I guess this is the issue people might ask about a solid-state drive, they hold up on the long haul? Well, when we first started testing them, we were finding that some did better than others. We had a few that uh, at first, when we first started testing them, across the board, they were all super speedy, and they uh, seemed to hold it for a long time. Then we did this kind of torture test where we filled it and erased it and filled it and erased it and wrote little, you know, just really more work to it than you would do in a year and then ran our tests again and found that a few of them were not withholding their speed. It's just uh, over time that speed was degrading considerably. So recently, that was kind of our first batch that we've done. Recently, we've seen that they've come up with some technologies to be able to uh, extend the life of these SSDs. Should we expect the life of an SSD to equal or exceed that of a traditional hard drive? You know, it's hard to say. They all, you know, hard drives fail. I've had some hard drives, you know, last for, seamlessly think they'll last forever, and some, you know, die after a year or two. I have, I have a feeling we're going to see some of the same stuff with SSDs. I haven't seen much as far as uh, corruption or, you know, just them dying in the few years now that we've been having them inside Max. So time will tell. Yeah, our tests, we haven't seen any problems lately. Now, that's the other issue here, replacing the things. Now, I gather that the MacBook Air with Retina Display is very hostile in terms of internal repairs. You know, I didn't open this very last one up, but uh, the one before wasn't horrible for, uh, for the SSD. It comes on... Uh, they don't call it an SSD. They call it flash storage, Apple does. And it's more, it's more like a, a memory dim. And so, so it's basically like a memory module as opposed to a physical drive mechanism. Right. And so we were able to switch that out at, at OWC Cells, a uh, replacement kit for the – haven't tried to, to open up the, the 2012 models, though. So the key here is that at least as far as the solid-state drive, the way they have it, the flash memory, you can pull off – that chip from the motherboard 
without a lot of strain and agony, assuming you can get the case open. And I gather you need a very special screwdriver for the MacBook Air with Retina display. Yeah, the Pentelo. Okay, so with the regular MacBook Air, for the most part, it's pretty much like last year except for USB 3.0, but, of course, things are a little bit faster. How much faster? Our Speedmark tests, which is you know 17 tests, and we, uh, we compare them to a MacBook, I think, for this version of Speedmark 7, uh, 2 gigahertz Core 2 Duo. The 11-inch Air scored a 195 on that test. Whereas last year's, we were getting about 150 for a comparable model. So that's yeah. a lot. Yeah, it's uh, the there's more RAM and the uh, the the flash storage is definitely zippier in this uh, in this batch. So I'm not sure if they've switched the kind of modules or, or what it's go- what's going on underneath the hood. But that and graphics both got better. Now the Ivy Bridge chips from Intel, they're faster, but not that much faster, are they? No, I think it's more of a power save. It's just a run cooler, and they're um, and then they have better integrated graphics. Is the the key points. Okay, so otherwise, it's not that much of a faster chip. So, if I had a 2011 version of the MacBook Air, other than USB 3.0 and modest improvements in performance, I shouldn't throw it away and get a new one. No, but if you're looking for one, there's never been a better time to be a MacBook Air owner. They, they are faster, and uh, graphics performance has increased. You know, you get more for the dollar than you did with, say, last year's model. But maybe if you have a two-year-old model, it makes more sense. Now, the MacBook Pro, same thing vis-a-vis last year. It's a little bit faster. The battery life is roughly the same. Yeah. And otherwise, the differences aren't severe other than USB 3.0. Now, are we seeing enough USB 3.0 peripheral hardware for that to be significant? Well, you know, I, we share lab space here with uh, the PC World Labs as well. And, uh, you know, lots of – they don't really get any USB 2 devices anymore. There's tons and tons of USB 3 drives, and they cost about the same as USB 2. And, uh, you know, as when – we get drives in that have Firewire or Thunderbolt. There's always a, it seems to be a bit of a bit of a price difference there. Where you know it seems like you charge a little bit extra for those for those ports. Where USB uh, inexpensive and fast. So it's uh, I I'm very happy to see USB three finally come to the Apple line. I guess it's unfortunate here that the Mac Pro got. Almost a non-upgrade, slightly faster chips, but no Thunderbolt, no USB 3.0. But, of course, on a Mac Pro, can't you get an external card for Thunderbolt? No. Uh, there, I don't think so. I haven't heard of anything that's going to let you run Thunderbolt. But you can uh-huh. get USB 3 on you external can get a, yes, you can get a You can get a PCI card and stick that internally. Uh, it would be. It would have been great if uh, Apple could have come up with a card that they could have shoved in there, even if it took up one of your PCI slots. If that had a Thunderbolt and USB three, I think people would be much more happy to buy that. It just feels like it's you know you're going to spend a few thousand dollars on a system that is just not up to date. <laughs> you know, uh, it feels like FireWire is starting to go away. Uh, USB 2 is super pokey, and uh, you know if you want fast, uh, if you want fast, you need Thunderbolt. You need USB 3, and uh, Mac Pro doesn't have them. 
Of course, Tim Cook was quoted by a Mac user who wrote into him as saying that next year we'll see a big upgrade or the promise of a significant upgrade for the Mac Pro, so we have to wait another year. Yeah, I mean it's the the pro that's a it's an older system. I don't you know, I think you know, one theory I heard was that the only reason they upgraded the Mac Pro right now is because the processors they were using were not going to be manufactured anymore. And so they had to switch to a different processor. Um, and so they just kind of quietly, you know, changed the processors is basically all they did. They did what they had to do to keep the thing running, but at least they want to sell them. They can't be selling more than, what, 50000 a quarter? Does anyone have any figures on that? I don't think they break them down by, uh, by family like that, but, yeah, it, it – it sure seems like it's the probably uh, the lowest selling Mac for sure. I'm going to ask for a fast prediction before we let you go. There's talk now that the iMac supplies are drying up. Do you expect to maybe see a model when Mountain Lions release later this month, a model refresh, or maybe September, October? What do you think? You know, in, in the past, a lot of times the uh, – the new OS releases will come, you know, at the same time as a hardware release to bring out something cool to show off the new technology that's coming with the new OS. Um, the, with uh, Mountain Lion coming out so close to this huge, you know, uh, batch of MacBooks and MacBook Pros, uh, sorry, MacBook Pros and MacBook Airs that just came out, it's hard to say. I, you know, I, in the past, I would say, yes, definitely there's going to be some hardware that comes out at the same time. But, you know, they've already said that if you buy a new macbook pro now you can get mountain lion for free there you go that's where you go tell our listeners jim galbraith where they can find more of your work how about macworld.com so simple and you can find us on twitter we are tech night owl we are tech night owl at twitter you go to TechNightOwl.com to check my daily blogs we have another radio show about ufos and things that go bump in the night and we'll explore ancient ufos and ufos in south america this week on the Paracast at Paracast.com. That's Paracast.com. Jim Galbraith, thanks for joining us on the Tech Night Owl Live. Thanks, Gene. The Tech Night Owl Live is a copyrighted presentation of Making the Impossible Incorporated. We'll be back next week. Same bat time, same bat channel.